and that football group is doing. Last week they had Brady. This week they got Brady. We're doing it. We're literally doing it differently from everybody else. Hey, as a matter of fact, moving forward from this point on, I will not make reference to PFL. Do you not understand that they are that way because you're Joe Flacco? And you just like to discredit things that people deserve credit for. That you can't possibly be expected to defend that. Talk about the game, Sam. So, Who cares about what people think about us? Yeah, I like football, I like football season, all the things that go with it. Welcome in to the PFF NFL Podcast, Steve Pelizzolo, back here with Sam Monson for another Mock Draft Monday. Sam, we've been uh, pretty consistent with our mock drafts, and I think we're going to do this all the way up through draft week. Yeah, but this one's different. It is There's different. a theme, an idea, uh, uh, you know, a purpose behind it. One, like, one that, I'm, that I generally detest. Yeah. That I do not like at all. Yeah, but weirdly, because this is kind of how most people think when they're drafting, it's like, oh what's your biggest need? What is, what's the biggest need we have? That's the position we should draft, right? Yeah. Usually not the way, generally speaking, that teams should be drafting, or at least speaks to the idea that if you've left yourself in this position, you've already made some mistakes, right? Um, but because that's kind of how everybody wants to see their team drafting, if you put out a mock that's like, ah, oh, here's your team's biggest need filled, everyone kind of likes it. People do like that. They Everyone like to hates evaluate. Mocks. Every mock in the world yeah. is the worst mock ever. But if you put out one that's specifically a bad way of drafting, people love it. This might be our worst mock that we put together, but the best one as far as uh, fancy Feedback, board. Yeah. yeah. Just we filled all of our needs. We're happy. We filled the position that, that we absolutely need on our football team right now. So um, it's a, a, this was your idea, right? To uh, You were playing around with yeah, this well, on so, your own? I was asking Austin uh, last week whether there was um, any kind of mileage in terms of written content about, you know, mocks with ideas or themes or stuff like this, right? Is there, a, is there any mileage in having a mock draft that's done a little bit differently? He was just like, nah. I was like, all right, well, screw him. Let's just do it in the podcast. I think it's a good idea. I think there's interesting discussion to be had off it. So oh, we'll show him here. mileage. We will show him the mileage of miles the need-based mock. Yeah. Right after, reminding you that the PFF NFL podcast is sponsored by Western and Southern Financial Group. While you focus on these roster moves that we're breaking down, Western and Southern helps advance your money moves. Buying your first home? Planning to start a family? Wondering how to make your money grow? Well, Western and Southern's playbook of life insurance, investment, and retirement solutions helps you rest assured on game day. Team up to understand needs and address goals with a game plan built just for you. Get started at westernsouthern.com slash PFF. Look at that. Everybody needs to get to westernsouthern.com slash PFF. That is the place. And we appreciate them being a part of the PFF NFL podcast. All right, do you want to get into this? We'll try to follow along a little bit on the screen here in YouTube audio version. I'll do my best to kind of reset where we've been every now and then. Yeah, and remember, go to the uh, the mock draft sim, pff.com forward slash mock to run through it yourself. Do your own mock draft. Uh, I don't want to overload everybody right now, but you do still get 25% off when you use the promo code NFLPOD. That fully unlocks the mock draft sim. It gets you the draft guide, which I know is going to be finalized a week from today, April 11th. Fresh players, updates, all that stuff. And uh, basically, if you sign up now for 25% off, you'll get two draft guides for the price of one because it's 365 days of access. So NFLPOD, 25% off. All right, let's get into this. We have the mock draft sim 
over at pff.com. We're going to go based off our own discussion of needs, right? It's mm-hmm. not necessarily Correct. directly from the mock draft, Sam. Yep. Um, so let's get into it. Jaguars are up on the clock at number one. So in every mock in the world right now, the Jags are taking Aiden Hutchinson number one overall. Yep. But I would argue that by far the most important thing for them to do, and therefore the biggest need, is make sure Trevor Lawrence is fine. So their need has to be on offense. And it's probably tackle. Okay, they franchise tag Cam Robinson. He's going to be there, but they still need a right tackle because Juwan Taylor isn't any good. Cam Robinson isn't any good either, but, you know, they franchise tagged him. So grab a tackle. Pick your favorite. Grab him. Well, let me add something to that, right? Okay. I do not think we should define needs as is the position filled this year because need also means multiple years, right? It means multi-year needs. So if you do look at ta- – this is why I'm going to agree with you here. If you do look okay. at tackle – Cam Robinson's been franchise tagged. That means he's under contract for one more year. Mm-hmm. Jawan Taylor's contract is ending. This is his last year of his contract. So I agree, tackle's a massive need. The people that argue that, well, Cam Robinson's going to keep the Jaguars from thinking about tackle, I mean, that might be true, but it doesn't mean that all of a sudden they're, they're fine to tackle because, A, as you said, Cam Robinson's not the greatest tackle in the world, and, B, he's not here next year. So we don't have to look at needs as this depth chart this year right now, right? So tackles is a need for the Jaguars. And this is a perfect way to do this mock draft differently and not have Aiden Hutchinson there mm. to declare that tackle is the need for the Jaguars. But now the question becomes which one? So we're taking a tackle. Um, he's going to be starting right tackle day one. So which of the three, Evan Neal, uh, Iki Ikuanu, or Charles Cross, is the guy that you would take number one overall to play right tackle day one? To play right tackle, I mean, yeah. With the focus that the most important thing here is Trevor Lawrence. So I have this weird, like, reptilian brain connection of wanting to see Iki Ikuanu play right tackle in the NFL because my mind, like, throws back to that the days where your right tackle was that Looked mauling, like- run-blocking monster, and it didn't really matter if he was great at, at pass protection. That's not the world we live in anymore, right? And I'm kind of forcing that connection whereas it might not actually make sense if you're taking one of these guys to play right tackle day one isn't Evan Neal the guy that makes the most sense the guy that's done it both sides right and left tackle in college that is the probably the best combination or compromise of run blocking and pass protection of the three therefore he's the guy right no I I I would go Evan Neal I do think here's the thing with tackles too we always talk about pass driven league and all that stuff but um, because the quarterback controls his actual pressure rate more, I, I think run blocking, even in our own metrics and numbers, is actually underrated for tackles. I think Evan Neal is the best combination from a run game and pass game perspective. Charles Cross might be the best pure pass protector. Icky might be the best pure run blocker. But Evan Neal's, I think, the best combination of both. All right. Add in the fact that he does have that right tackle experience. Let's go Evan Neal, number one overall, to, uh, to Jacksonville. The Alabama tackle. And again, you might be able to see right there on our YouTube stream here, biggest need filled with the uh, Jaguars going tackle. So now, Lions are up at number two, and this also completely changes the way we would do every other mock draft, right? Because we would say quarterback's the biggest need. However, given this draft class, we're going to wait either late first, get a guy in the second. Based off our own rules, we pretty much have to draft a QB here. That's the thing. So it's basically, it's determining whether or not you think quarterback is the biggest need for Detroit. Obviously, you don't think that Jared Goff is the future, though there is a weird section of Lions fans that 
kind of do. That they what? Think Jared Goff is like, you know, can be the QB? Yeah. For I, more than just like tomorrow? I think there's a section of fans that will think anything. believe anything you yeah. want. The 25% people. Yeah, I mean, we, we all should... Have I told that? Have I discussed that theory in the podcast? Both on and off the podcast, I believe. Okay. Yeah. But I'd prefer if you did not call 25% of our audience idiots here. Okay. You know, because that's the implication. I don't You're about to, to call like about 250,000 people. I don't right? have to say the word idiot, if that helps. Yeah. But, you know, it's pretty well implied. Well, it's also, our podcast listeners are different. We're already, oh, we're oh. already of the 75%. We're pulling from the 75%. Exactly. My and theory within that 75%, there were probably ranges, but... If you, know. you, like, read any poll ever, you know, 25% of people basically will believe anything. 25% of people think that aliens walk amongst us right now, right? Mike over there in the booth, alien, right? Just guy from light years away. 25% of people, it's always 25. That's the number. Of whatever the ridiculous topic is that's being discussed, 25% of people are like, eh, seems believable. So I've come to the conclusion that 25% of people... You just have to write off the opinion of because you can't. I mean, they'll believe anything, literally anything. So that's the number. Immediately, 25% gone. Forget it. So 25%, maybe that's the number of people that think that Jared Goff can be the QB long-term for the Lions. But since we're speaking to the other 75%, mm-hmm. and I like Jared Goff, and I thought he was a fine bridge quarterback until the next guy. It's time to get the next guy. Okay. So in this thought exercise where we're grabbing the biggest need for each team, we absolutely have to grab a quarterback. So, which one? It can only be Malik Willis. It's only the guy. Two overall, you can't take any other QB. Yeah, and we we just did, uh, I like that, you know, you came out with your specific QB rankings. We unveiled those on the uh, podcast on Thursday. Did you write that up too? PFF.com? Your top six? Yes. Top six, a favorite mid-round kind of backup-y style guy and a favorite sleeper. Beautiful. So that's over at PFF.com. We, t- we broke down all the quarterbacks on our last show. And uh, I agree with you as far as Malik Willis goes. I don't know if he would be RQB1 a few years ago, but I think the league has changed a little bit. And um, He's not RQB1 this year for what it's worth. I mean, ours. You, yeah, yours you yours and, and mine, right? PFF. There's, there's not just the one PFF, PFF, PFF podcast, QB1. Yeah, we yeah. have our own yeah. rankings. Just like the, you know, the guy in your mentions that has 12 followers, not that there's anything wrong with that. He has his own draft board, too, mm-hmm. and he's going to tell you. He's got him on, you know. So we have our board, and Renner's got his board, and, you know, whatever. PFF, they're stupid. Should be Willis. Oh, yeah. Renner's had Malik Willis as QB1 at, 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 some, at various points yeah. in this process. Not anymore. Now, where is he on the board right now so I can 25. draft him on mine, too? There we go. Malik Willis is going to be the pick for the Lions as they fill their biggest need here at number two. Okay. Good? Yeah. All right, Texans are on the clock. Easy. All of the all of the needs. They need everything. So they need everything. Their biggest need is all of the players. Yeah. So just pick the best one. They like they legitimately there isn't a single position they're set at. So grab whatever. Therefore they grab Aiden Hutchinson cuz he's the best player. So now we can <clears throat> now we could uh, tie break from uh, from best available. Yeah, I mean when all other when all needs are equal, just grab the best player. I just have to I have to answer a YouTube comment really quick. How has the league changed a little bit? You know, Matthew Stafford versus Joe Burrow. They were in the Super Bowl last year. Uh-huh. It's changed because teams have been more willing to build their offense around a rushing attack. You could do that with Malik Willis. And we've also seen, I think because you're scheming up so much offense today, 
the high-end play, the high-end arm talent type of players are able to succeed a little bit more than we've seen in the past. The Justin Herberts and the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allens of the world have done it, and uh, that's why you might take that chance of Malik Willis. At number three here with the Texans, now we could argue we could go positional value with these biggest needs. No. But we're just saying the biggest needs. They need everything, therefore you just grab the best player. And we default to the best player. So now Aiden Hutchinson's going to go three to the Texans. So we got Hutchinson going to the Texans. They run that. Uh, They do run a four-man front, so he'll be a traditional 4-3 defensive end there, rushing the passer. And uh, look, the mock draft sim is is pretty truthful here. They do they do need pretty much every position. So, do you feel do you think that there's a difference for Hutchinson between stand up outside linebacker and hand in the dirt four three end? Uh, not necessarily. I I don't. I, th- I think the the stance part of that gets overrated a little bit. Can he rush from a four point, three point, two point, all that stuff? But every now and again, if you do run a 3-4, there, there are X number of times you're going to drop into coverage and all that stuff. And I think the stance part of it is relevant for certain people. It's kind like, of like the left tackle, right tackle thing, right? Like overall, guys do it. They, they, players can do that both ways effectively. They can rush the passer both ways, but there are certain players who seem to produce a little bit better than others. There are certain players, I think, that need the three-point stance to get the burst off the line. Like, they need that coil to be able to spring at the snap and actually get the, the, the get-off for the first couple of steps. Um, remember Aaron Campman? Oh, yeah. For Green Bay? Aaron Campman, they, at one point, Green Bay switched him, and he was a 3-4 outside linebacker. That dude could not get off the line without, without that coiled stance to spring and to, to go. Like, he needed the, the foot in the blocks in order to be able to burst off the line. When they made him a 3-4 outside linebacker, the guy couldn't rush the passer anymore it was weird yeah I mean there's definitely guys through the years that where that's been the case so um with Hutchinson I don't think it's necessarily a big deal so I like him I mean it doesn't matter I mean it's a four-man front anyway I think he's great there so so here we go three picks in Evan Neal remember we're filling the biggest need here tackles the biggest need for the Jaguars they're going Evan Neal Lions are grabbing Malik Willis at QB Texans are taking Aiden Hutchinson on the edge that puts the Jets on the clock so their biggest needs – now this is kind of a tie, right? Starting corner or, or number one wide receiver. Right, which is handy because I think – I mean, it makes sense. Like in, in a lot of mocks anyway, the Jets end up with one of those each. Now, here's the argument though. Jets fans, they don't think they need a corner because they just signed DJ Reed. Fine, no. fair enough. They, they really like Bryce Hall. Now, again, I hate being put in this position where it's like – you know, I liked a guy more than most people at the at draft time. And all of a sudden now, you know, his own fan base are like, this guy's amazing. He's fine. We don't need to touch him. And you're like, okay, come on. <laughs> I, like, I like Bryce Hall as much as the next guy. And Bryce Hall has shown some flashes. But I'm not sure we can rely on him being our number two corner and, and thinking we're set, you know? I like Similarly, Bryce Hall. I'm with you. I, I think Bryce Hall is a good corner. Similarly, number three corner is not exactly set. You know, slot. Like, we're, we, I don't think we can look at this depth chart and think we're fine here. Now, they would argue, they have argued, um, reasonably, I think, that edge rusher is a bigger need because you've got Carl Lawson, who's coming off an Achilles, so we can't really rely on Carl Lawson, and John Franklin Myers, who's, you know, an inside-outside kind of guy, not necessarily your number one edge rusher, even though he is by far their best pass rusher. 
So Ed, and, and in this scheme, with you know Robert Sala's defense, remember in San Francisco it was at its best when they had all those edge rushers that were producing, which helped the cornerback play, et cetera, et cetera. So their argument is edge rusher is the biggest need. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I could be talked into edge rusher in this instance because I, I would say like John Frank, Frank Myers had a better grade than say um, Bryce Hall last year at their respective positions. But I think going into a season, knowing what you need for depth and all that stuff, I'd be more willing to say Bryce Hall's my CB2, cornerback two, and I'd feel better about that than John Frank, Franklin Myers as my second edge. And then I would say, you could kind of say the same thing about receivers. You have Corey Davis and Elijah Moore, and knowing that I'm going to be picking at 10, I feel pretty good about the way the receivers fall there. So we could cheat a little bit here, right? I mean, it's biggest need... But we also know that the Jets are picking a 10. I wouldn't hate the edge argument here. But you want to – I mean, I would go corner. I mean, I would say I don't stop at two when I'm drafting – when I'm trying to draft corners. I don't stop at two. I don't say, oh, I have two starters. I'm good. I'm always trying to get to three or four legitimate corners because I think that's how you win. Well, particularly not when two is a complete gamble. Like, he's an unknown. It's not that – bright. we've seen Bryce Hall for like a season and it was okay. Yeah. No, as is three. I mean, Michael Carter being the yes. slot and not necessarily, not that all these, I mean, DJ Reed's an outside corner, even though he's smaller, but I think you could still add some flexibility here. So <clears throat> what do you want to go here as far as biggest need, knowing that they're, they're also going to circle back at 10? Um, I would be tempted if we say, I think biggest need for this team, just in pure abstract terms, which is the point of this, is that number one wide receiver. You need, Again, it's like, What's the most important thing on this team? It's making sure Zach Wilson doesn't suck, like Trevor Lawrence. Like, the most important thing is ensuring that last year's top pick, the quarterback, doesn't bust. And after one year, neither one of those guys is in particularly great shape. Uh, So number one priority, if I'm the Jets, is let's absolutely ensure that this guy functions. So right now, their wide receiver group, it's, it's stocked full of, like, number two and number three options, Give him that number one guy. All right, so we're going to go receiver. Number one wide receiver, biggest need for the Jets. So number one wide receiver on the PFF boards, Drake London. Is that how you feel about it? I think Thursday we'll try to get your wide receiver rankings on here, right? We'll do a receiver yeah. ranking show like we did with the quarterbacks. We'll, we'll, we'll unload all of our receiver takes. Are you in on Drake London as the top wide receiver in this class? Um, maybe. Perfect. Maybe. <laughs> the, you sound like me now. Well, right now, PFF's board has them. Drake London, number 11 overall on the big board. Garrett Wilson, number 12 overall on the big board. And Jamison Williams, number 16. Those three guys are pretty tightly ranked. I think that's probably the three that you would be picking from in, in any kind of wide receiver ranking. Um, and I'm not, like, I'm not 100% sold on any of them. But I think at some point... You just got to grab one and hope he's your guy. Like right. Drake London, Drake London makes a lot of sense. You look at him play and you see he's the guy that, um, you know, every year you're sort of looking at it, you're like, I'm not 100% sure why this is working, but it is. And I'm starting to lean more and more of on the idea of if it works in college, it works in the NFL. What don't you think should work? Oh, we'll get into it. We'll get into it Thursday. Yeah. So, but good size, moves well, wins at the catch point. When you do draft a Drake London, my guy Corey Davis gets to be a true number two, and yeah. Elijah Moore gets to you know move around, play in the slot, and, and use his explosiveness all over the field. This makes your offense better. I, I like Drake London here at four yep. for the Jets. 
Reminder, we're drafting the biggest needs for each team. All right, we're doing it live. We're four picks in. If you're on YouTube, you can see on the screen, Evan Neal, Malik Willis, Aiden Hutchinson, Drake London now goes to the Jets. It puts the Giants up on the clock. Biggest need, Sam, has to be right tackle here. Yeah. I mean, offensive line generally. Offensive line generally. Giants Giants at five, and then they're coming back here at seven to fill another need. Yeah. No, so, absolutely. Right tackle. So, again, now they're in the – they were in the same conversation as the Jags were at number one overall, only without Evan Neal on the board. Um, is this Iki Ikuanu over Charles Cross in part because fits the bill as a mauling right tackle? Right. The run game still does matter. Like I said, run blocking still does make an impact here. And I think if, uh, if Iki fails at tackle could make a, a really good guard and I think that adds a little flexibility to what the Giants can do it does and I think there's value to that for a team like the Giants where the interior is still not good they've made change you know, they've tinkered with it you know Mark Lewinsky comes over in free agency John Feliciano um, they've got Max Garcia at left guard like there's a world where all three of those guys are viable there's also a world where at least one of them sucks and they need to make some moves so yeah I like I like the the contingency plan of we give Icky the chance to start at right tackle, and if it doesn't work, we can kick him inside. And there are people who believe that he's like a, you know, a Quentin Nelson level type of guard inside, even if he'd be a good right tackle outside. You, you hear that every now and again with Icky that he'd be a good right tackle, but he can be a great guard. I like that as a contingency plan. Let's play him outside first. If it works, great. If it doesn't, we can move him inside, and we, we have kind of a need there anyway. That's how Zach Martin became one of the elite guards in the NFL, was a left tackle at Notre Dame. And uh, look, if you have an elite guard, that is valuable. I think that is worth the first-round pick. If a guy's elite, if you know that he's going to be elite, we don't know with any of this stuff. But I do like that contingency plan for the Giants. So we're filling the biggest needs here. Let's go Iki Ikuanu, number six on the PFF draft board. He's going to go number five overall here to the Giants, filling that offensive line need, Mm -hmm. which takes you – to the Panthers here at six. <laughs> and again, this is where I don't want to say it throws a wrench in the draft. I think it throws a bit of a wrench in how we would mock draft because just like at number two with the Lions, we wouldn't necessarily shoehorn a quarterback in. But they're going to. Yeah. It, in, in real life, they, they're probably going to, I think, right? They have to draft a quarterback. They don't pick again until the fourth. And then in this particular mock draft, because we're just attacking biggest needs for this thought exercise – Next QB up has to go to the Panthers here at six. Yeah, um, and it's it's got to be teeny hands. Can he pick it right? That's who they're going with. They they made him hold a football and everything. They, now they are we now are we doing what we would do, or we're doing a combination of both here? Eh, yeah, let's go with you know what we think the team will do. These are all just thought based exercises. off biggest these are, need. These are just thought exercises. We're talking it through and all that stuff. I saw your little like trial run on this, and I know you had to pick it at six. I mean, look, we're, we're back in this. I, Malik Willis is honestly the only quarterback that I would take in the first round. Um, I, then you're sort of saying which one of these other guys even has upside to, be, to work out as like a legitimate long-term starter. I think Pickett maybe has that upside. Matt Corral potentially has that upside. You know, Sam Howell, I can kind of see a world where that works. Desmond Ritter, it's tougher to see. Um, but Pickett is the one. Pickett is the one that makes sense. I think if you're Carolina and you're like, I don't agree with this narrative, but I think that's how everybody else sees it. That 
he can start day one. He can execute the offense. He is the one that has the, the most seamless transition to the NFL because of the way he executed that offensive pit. I think his issues in terms of pocket presence and holding onto the ball too long and those things are bigger problems that are going to cause issues there. But, I mean, he's the guy that somebody else is going to take if Malik Willis is off the board. And you're going to throw him behind this Panthers offensive line, huh? I mean, personally. Which taking some steps. I'm not, but, but somebody is. All right. So we're filling the biggest need here. So the Panthers are going to go quarterback. We'll give him Kenny Pickett here at six. He's number 48 on the PFF draft board at the moment. You're QB three. God have mercy on his soul. And uh, look, the Panthers have added Austin Corbett on the offensive line this offseason. <laughs> Fixed. And uh, Bradley Bozeman could get in there and you know, maybe start at center, one of the guard it's positions. It's better than it was a year ago. Yes. Put it that way. It's, it not, it's not fixed, but it's, it's definitely better than last year. They've made a couple moves, but uh, they're just a little hamstrung for a team that's rebuilding given uh, some of the trades that they made. So we're going to go Kenny Pickett I mean, at in six theory, to the Panthers. Remember last needs. year it was like terrible offensive line and Taylor Moton. Now in theory it's a good right side. It's Moton and Corbett. Yeah. So the, the right Bozeman, side is okay. You know, whether Bozeman takes over at center for Pat Elfline or moves to left guard, you know, they still need a left tackle. And, yeah, they need a left tackle and one other starter. But that's one of those, like, do you just bring in Dwayne Brown for a year, you know, st- you know stitch it together? Because they don't have other ways to, to build it, right? We desperately hope that Brady Christensen takes a massive step forward year two. Yeah, but I think they're pretty resigned to him being a guard with the, you know, T-Rexes and all that, even though he played good tackle. It. Hmm. Are we allowed to say that? It's just short arms. Short arms. I know that, yeah. Yeah, just explain it to the people. He's not an actual dinosaur. No, True. Yeah, but uh, Brady Christensen. Though he is quite old. He is a little old, hmm. right? He might be extinct soon, Christensen. Here I am. I'm 40, you know. Yeah. You're still in your 30s. I know. What's it like on that side? It's good. It's good. Yeah. 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 My, I was uh, in my head. We just we just did our, uh, a lot of our HR stuff. Yeah. You know, well, you did. PFF. I, did, I did. I know you did it months ago. ago. It was due the other day, so I did it yeah. when it was due. And there was some uh, suggestions that you shouldn't like put your stapler too far away because you know if you reach too far for your, for stuff you you're can gonna throw yourself. out a hip reaching for a stapler. I'm telling you what the the video walkthroughs that we had were <laughs> suggesting like don't reach too far and I'm like this is ridiculous. Yeah. Like people are gonna hurt themselves reaching and then you like bend over and like, within a day back. my back's killing can't pick up the kids and all that stuff. I'm like there here it is I'm 40. Here Friend it is. of mine um, so Alex Mack the 49ers center. Um, he he got married in Ireland recently, the other day. So, like, I, the West, the Limerick was basically full of NFL players for, like, a week. Um, they're all tweeting. Like, George Kittle was there. Joe Thomas was there. Oh, Mitchell that's why Schwartz. they were all there. Yeah, yeah. They okay. were all there for Alex Mack's wedding. Didn't know that. Down in Adair Manor. Really nice place. Um, but so Joe Thomas's, if you look at his Joe Thomas's Twitter feed right now, it looks like it was sponsored by you know tourism ireland yeah. it's just like him on a massive like tour doing all this random tourist stuff in ireland but a friend of mine was like man joe thomas is like a few days younger than me i was like yeah but you understand that means that like for me and you know your brother that means that he's actually significantly younger than we are the dude's retired going off on like a jolly around ireland and he's you know a couple of years away from the hall of fame or whatever and he's a lot younger than we are so you and me in particular, Joe Thomas is like three yeah. years younger than we are. Plus, like jacked, really firm. Oh, there's a lot take. of ways that he's in he's in better situation than we are. He's richer than we are. He's taller than we are. Much better shape than we are. Look, there's other ways on to his way to the Hall of Fame, there. like an actual Hall of Fame. You can, you're going to some, 
you know, a Hall of Fame like get together, and you're not even in the Hall of Fame. And that's not even like but the Pro might... Football Hall of Fame. That's like your local regional high school or whatever. It's college. College, okay. University. Are of you in a single Hall of Fame? Role. Yes, I'm at, I'm at I'm in my high school Hall of Fame. High school, okay. Yeah. So you're at least in the high school Hall Shout of Fame. Shout out to the North Reading High Hornets. Yes. I'm just saying, Joe Thomas is on his way to a Pro Football Hall of Fame. And maybe this return to UMass Lowell could uh, get the wheels in motion for the for the for the college hall. <laughs> Got to show face, make him make him realize. Yeah. Oh look, I he- have not. I mean, I have not donated donated enough money to my alma mater. It's another way that he's probably ahead of us. Yeah. Yeah, he's probably donated more uh-huh. to Wisconsin. So, um, anyway, we digress. Yeah, where the hell are we? The, the We're giant. at number six. Kenny Pickett goes to the – sorry, Mike. We got Mike working the uh, the mock draft sim over here. He's like, what are they – just going off the rails here. But the Giants are back on the clock. So now what's their biggest need after tackle is already fixed? Um, is it edge rusher? Probably, yeah. For the 12th straight year. Yes. <laughs> the Giants have needed a linebacker and edge rusher since, like, Parcells was head coach. This is – Well, this is part of the problem. Since Lawrence Taylor was there, they've needed an edge rusher. This is part of the issue, I think, with drafting. Like, for years, the Giants were one of those teams that drafted with templates, you know? I need a guy – they almost had, like, a cutout of a linebacker. It's like, stand here. If you're above this height and, you know, above this width, you fit. If you're not, get out of here. You're not playing for this team. So the Giants were like, what is it, 6'5", 250 or whatever. If you're not 6'5", 250, you can't play linebacker for this team. Like, well – like. That, you're missing out on quite a lot of good players by doing that, you know? Maybe you should broaden the, maybe you should broaden the templates a little bit. So I think, I think Edge is a, is a fine one here as far as their biggest need. And I'm trying not to cheat knowing that I would lo- – I mean, Thibodeau at seven. I think we did this in last week's mock or whatever. One of our mock drafts, we had them coming away with um, Evan Neal and Thibodeau. Hmm. This time it would be Iki Iquanu, a tackle. I think Thibodeau would be the, the guy here. To fill the biggest need. Where do you so the closer we get to the draft, the more it sounds a lot like Trayvon Walker is gonna get taken above Kayvon Thibodeau. So here's what's gonna happen with Trayvon Walker. Um it's gonna sound like everybody at PFF is piling on him. But if 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 we have listeners or viewers that follow a lot of us on PFF, it's gonna sound like everybody at PFF is trashing him because we're all working with the same data here, right? And Walker's Walker's data, pure production data, looks nothing like a first-round profile. But he's got some of the most the, the in most incredible workout numbers we've seen. Yeah. So it's it's so it's like 99th percentile athlete, right? And third or fourth round production. I mean, that's just the bottom line. So you're gonna. I've already seen multiple people around PFF. Like this is going to be one of our storylines and narratives. I can buy into. I, I, under, I, I can understand why people are talking themselves into Trayvon Walker because I tried to explain last show, like, people don't start with a baseline of data. They start with a baseline, like, does this guy fit height, weight, speed requirements? Is he a good enough athlete? And let's go to the tape. And when you watch the tape, you can convince yourself there's enough good plays on there that there's, this dude's going to be special. So I could see the NFL take a Trayvon Walker over Kayvon Thibodeau. We've seen Jermaine Johnson go over Kayvon Thibodeau. Um, I don't think Thibodeau's got the cleanest production profile either. He's not um, – Aiden Hutchinson does, but I think Thibodeau's number two in that whole mix. And I think once you get to Trayvon Walker, once you get to Jermaine Johnson, from a production standpoint, which, again, translates really well at the NFL level at that position, you're incurring a lot of risk. The argument is that the Georgia defense schematically did not unleash Trayvon Walker to just – 
rush the passer and get pressure and go nuts and you know exploit exploit the edge the way you know Oregon did for Michigan did for Aiden Hutchinson. Um, I, I so I've seen like Eric or whatever poo poo that argument. Yeah, basically saying, well, if he's that good, why would you scheme him to do other stuff? Because everybody else on that defense is a first rounder. Yeah, but it's also it's kind of how this is this is Kirby Smart from the Nick Saban tree from the Bill Belichick tree, and they are not necessarily there. There was a point in Saban's recruiting life where he decided to go from like the big two hundred the, the evolving right the two hundred fifty pound edge setter to like uh, Tim Williams a few years ago and Rashawn Evans was an edge rusher. So they started to go to undersized edges and all that stuff. But the, the crux of that scheme is kind of like set a hard edge, play the run first, and, and work as a unit, right? It isn't really a get up the field and just win. Yeah. So, so that like the argument's not wrong. But there's also a dramatic difference between like the Oregon defense, right? Where it's like, hey, Thibodeau is by far our best player. So let's just like, let's, Whatever we do, let's make sure this guy is in a great position to be, you know, one-on-one and have as much production success as possible because that's how we're winning. The Georgia defense, the best player, like, they're going to have a ton of first-rounders this year, and the best player on it isn't even draft eligible yet. Like, this defense is, it's insane how stacked this defense is. So they're not in the same position where they have to be like, oh, Trayvon Walker is this incredible athlete. He's going to go in the first round. He could be number two overall. Let's build the thing around him. They're like, no, we've got, we've got f- high first-round players like Jordan Davis, and we're not even putting him on the field in third downs because we're that stacked. Like, this is a different animal in terms of talent level on this defense than we've seen. That, like, the Georgia defense this year may very well be the most talented defense in college football history when all is said and done. At the very minimum, it's up there in the top two or three. So it can and should behave differently in terms of how they're like scheming up one player because why like they don't need to do they don't need to do it the same way other teams do because they've got first round players everywhere and and so so I think all that's fair right but when you're talking about taking a player in the top 10 that doesn't change the risk factor for me no but it does it, it, it should though change how you view the lack of production but then but then there's like a but then there's a how much, right? So it's not like he was just a little unproductive. Right. He, again, his profile from a production standpoint, if you just look at the grades and pass rush win rate and wins above average, which does weigh the run game heavily, this one metric, wins above average, which is the best indicator of future war, which is valuable, right, for edges. And it weighs the run game heavily because in the college level, the run game is more important than the NFL level. Um, but lower. even at the NFL level, war does no, focus no, I understand. on the run, I'm right? just I'm tra- yeah. explaining why wins yes. above average would weight it more than something else. Because the lower yeah. down the level of football you get, the more important the run game is. Yes. Therefore. And Trayvon Walker is an excellent run defender. And even that number, wins above average, does not compare to either recent first-round prospects, recent elite prospects, or recent just guys who have had solid careers on the edge. Yeah. So all these, whether you explain it through the scheme or not, these are all reasons why you just don't know. Therefore, there's more risk. Therefore, give me the guy that I've seen do it more than the guy that I'm hoping will do it. Right. No, I think that, that that's entirely fair. My only point with all this is that I think you can watch tape and you can genuinely see that he is he is in a, what's the word, like a restrictive scheme. He's not being given the freedom to just 
he's not being I, I don't want to use the term like set up for success because the defense was being set up for success. Sure. I guess that's the difference is that Trayvon Walker wasn't being set up for success the way these other guys were, but the Georgia defense was being set up for yeah. success. And it's not Kirby Smart. It's not Georgia's job to exactly. make Trayvon Walker look good for the NFL right. draft. So when you look at it and you say, okay, Trayvon Walker had relatively pedestrian pass rushing production. His pass rush grade, 66 last year. His pass, ru- pass rush grade against sort of true pass sets, you know, you strip out the, the crap, still 66. So it's not even like, you know, against on the, the plays that weren't really helping him, he was bad, but on everything else. His win rate, 10%. That's pretty average, pedestrian. So all the numbers, but these numbers are being affected by the fact that he isn't being put in a position to just go play wide nine, rush the passer, get pressure, because that's what we want you to do. He was being asked to do different things. So it's very difficult. You actually have to go look at his tape and sort of parse out the, the occasional situation where he's given that sort of freedom and ask, can he do that? Like that, I think, is very different to a guy that was given that opportunity and simply didn't produce. So all that said... I feel like Walker's one of the more fascinating stories of this draft because of this difference in production and athleticism and all that stuff. For me, I'd go Thibodeau over him. I mean, we'll circle back. We'll probably draft Trayvon Walker somewhere in the first round um, because there's – I'm not saying you'd cross him off the board or anything like that, but I would, go, I would go Thibodeau here to fill the edge rusher need for the Giants. Okay. Why did You brought up Walker as a discussion point or because you really wanted to put him in here? Uh, a bit of both. I think at this point he's going to go ahead of Thibodeau. Like – so I, what are we doing here? Are we what are, what are we predicting? Yeah, let's predict based off this premise of filling team needs. Let's predict. Kill I think here. I think teams are going to draft uh, Walker ahead of them. I think. By the see, way, who, so the other element who of would is, love to have Thibodeau? The Giants at seven would love to have Thibodeau. The Falcons at eight would love to have him. I bet the Seahawks at nine would love to have him. The Jets at, would love to have him either at four or ten. They're, they're the ones saying Thibodeau's got too much crypto. That's just, so that's the thing. The other element of this is how much of the Thibodeau slide or the negative perception right now is manufactured crap. I mean, it's all manufactured crap in theory, right? Like we're talking about the dude's cryptocurrency dragging him down. Yeah. But my point being how much of it is like real things NFL teams are thinking, and but it's manufactured crap or – one specific NFL team is hoping that somebody else doesn't draft him and is putting out all of this crap about yeah. his cryptocurrency. And there's probably, whatever, there's probably kernels of truth in all of it, but you, you turn it into a big story and right. sometimes do I mean, you're a big, like, you buy all the pre-draft smoke. No. Yeah, yeah That yeah. is not true. You buy all of it. Everything that's put out I pre-draft. I pick my spots. You buy, you buy all of it lock, stock, and barrel. I bought Tua. Yeah. No, I bought Herberts of the Dolphins. Yeah. You buy all of it, everything that comes out. You're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I'm in. So you must, you must absolutely think that Thibodeau's on like a slide. Oh, Thibodeau's going like round, round two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, won't, he won't even get drafted. So let's put Walker here. All right. Trayvon Walker because we're just we're doing whatever we want here. Walker to, to the Giants at seven to fill the edge rusher need. Uh, we, were, we were at a crisp pace, and then the, uh, the Trayvon Walker pick always slows yeah, us down because there's a lot of information. Right. It's a lot to discuss here. Falcons are up at eight. Biggest so, need. Are we circling back to QB here? I don't think that they need a QB this year because they got Marcus Mariota. I think that gives them a year. So then they need everything else. With their wide So Mariota gives them a year, but Jared Goff doesn't give the Lions a year. Yes. Or he already gave the Lions Mariota a year. But is better than Goff. Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah, he is. Come on. Come on. I'm a Mariota guy, but they're in the same. Come on. They're in the same tier three yeah, bucket. Goff. Mariota knows where the sun rises. 
you just have this one bias against Super Bowl uh, quarterback Jared Goff. <laughs> okay? Super Bowl Super quarterback. Super Bowl quarterback Jared yeah. Goff. He's okay. one win away from being Matthew Stafford. What? No, he isn't. Yeah. No, stop it. One win away from being Super Bowl champion. Marcus Mariota needs a wide receiver desperately. Like Certainly he needs does. Air to breathe. Certainly does. The Falcons' two best wide receivers are a running back and a tight end. Are we Garrett Wilson here? Yes. All right. Yes, we are. High volume receiver. Look, we're not going to give every team the same amount of love. We can't spend a half hour on every single team. Sometimes you do that with Trayvon Walker. But the Falcons are at eight. We're doing team need based drafting. So the Falcons' biggest need, absolutely wide receiver after they've been depleted the last couple of years. So let's go Garrett Wilson at eight to the Falcons. That puts the Seahawks up mm. at nine. So is QB their biggest need here, Sam? Kind of has to be, right? Drew Locke can. I mean, please so tell Mario me you're on board. You some time, please Jared tell Goff me you're Drew on Locke board with the idea that Drew Locke is not at the same level as Marcus Mariota. No, no, he's not. Good. The, other, the arguments here, though— is where so the argument I would have made if I were you for the Falcons is where they are in the life cycle. Tell me how to make my own arguments. I will. The argument I would make for the Falcons that QB is not their biggest need is where they are in the life cycle of their rebuild. That your biggest need isn't. It's always quarterback, but it's not necessarily quarterback right now because you're. I think you're starting fresh, right? If you're Atlanta, if you're Seattle, are you starting fresh? What are you doing? I mean, if you're if you're Seattle, what are you really doing here? I mean, it feels like they've blown the thing up, right? The getting rid of Russell Wilson, obviously, is a pretty strong statement. Cutting Bobby Wagner. I mean, this thing is they've hit reset, surely. Therefore, quarterback. Yes. More to the point, you can't, you just, you can't go into a season with Drew Locke as your quarterback. I don't care what kind of crap you're putting out right now, but, oh, we love Drew Locke at, the, at draft time. Sure, there were a lot of people that quite liked Drew Locke at draft time. On the other hand, we've since subsequently seen him play a reasonable amount of football in the NFL, almost all of which has been bad. So you probably can't be relying on him to be your starting quarterback. Stone Forsyth and Jake Curran. What? Those are your starting tackles Yeah. in Seattle. Uh-huh. So if we're talking biggest need, they at least have a quarterback who's fringe top 32. You're maybe in rewind. Fringe top 32. Yeah. That's where Locke is. Come on. Yeah. He's QB like 40. Maybe. 30 to 37. He's in that range. No, he's not. Him or Trubisky? Locke or Trubisky? Trubisky. Easily. Oh, man. You really hate Drew Locke. Are you out of your mind? You really hate Drew Locke, huh? Drew Locke. Look at their grades. They're not that dissimilar. They really are. There's 63s for every, like every single year of either one of those QB's career is a 63, I think. Let me prove this to you, Aaron. I think it's a 63. I would almost, but I'm saying I would argue that Seattle's biggest need might not be QB right now. And maybe they wait a year there. I. Because that's what I, I mean, I would, I would let this thing marinate for a year. <laughs> let this thing marinate yeah. for a year. Let it marinate and All be right. bad. Trubisky's grades every single year have ranged from 63 to 68. Drew Locke's have ranged from 58 to 63. Drew Locke's worse. Fair. Good. Done. You can't have Drew Locke as your starter. You can't do it. So QB's the biggest need here for Seattle. Yes. Which puts who? Who's your next QB? Who do you want? If you're Seattle, who do you think? (laughs) Which one of these guys is your QB? Sam Howell, Desmond Ritter, Matt Corral. Oh, I think I would go... Oh, I think I'd go Ritter. Ritter. Which one's going to hand the ball off most effectively to Rashad Penny for a week and a half before he breaks his hip? See, then they, you know, they might draft Sam Howell and you know QB slash fullback. You keep say, like you keep acting like they haven't had Russell Wilson for the last decade. True. Like this is the first rushing threat the Seahawks have had at quarterback. 
man, we're just filling needs here. So go. I would go Ritter. You're QB two Ritter, and the guy I would try to bank on a little upside here. Seahawks fans are going to hate that one. Oh yeah, we have a lot of caveats before we post this mock draft into the ether here. (laughs) All right, the Jets are up again. We gave Desmond Ritter to the Seahawks at nine. So the Jets, we already got uh, Drake London at wide receiver. Is their biggest need still corner? Well, it's that corner or, it edge? or edge rusher debate again. And I said I could, I could convince myself it's edge. I mean, I think, honestly, Franklin I think Myers. they're kind of in the same spot. Franklin Myers is a good edge rusher. I, they say they're moving him inside more. He's played almost exclusively edge for them last season. I, all, all I'm saying is if you— I also if think you, Carl Lawson— Okay, Achilles, pass rusher, it's definitely a concern. On the other hand, they have a ton of money tied up in him. He's going to play this year. No, I would say if you're going pure needs here, though, DJ Reed's an outside corner, Bryce Hall's an outside corner. If you draft another outside corner, you're not really filling a need. You're just drafting another corner at a position that we think is really valuable. Whereas Isn't that you're drafting also a, true with edge. It's a rotation. It's more of a rotational position, right? Okay. And I think and I think the guy that you draft here is going to start over Franklin Myers anyway. Franklin Myers? No. Yeah. He's good. If the guy you're drafting, he's probably starting over Carl Lawson until Lawson shows that he can come back from an Achilles injury. No, I don't think so. Franklin Myers is fine, but I think they're looking for a a better every-down player. Franklin Myers is good. He's not fine. He's had a good year. He's always been pretty good. 80 grade last year, yeah. They're not starting somebody. I'd argue that edge is a bigger need than corner right now. I, I mean, I would draft a corner. That's fine, but I think you're out of your mind if you think they're benching Franklin Myers. Are you okay to draft Thibodeau yet here? Yeah. Okay. Thibodeau to the Jets at 10 to fill the biggest need, Edge, where he's going to start over John Franklin Myers. No, he's not. He is. They're not benching Franklin Myers. They just gave him money, like decent money. They're well, not benching He's making $15 million a year. They're not benching him either. He also blew out his Achilles. Maybe we should have drafted a corner. The man might not be able to move anymore. But it's already been done. Thibodeau's <laughs> Thibodeau to the Jets. Franklin Myers got 50 pressures in each of the last two seasons. I mean, we're just sitting here debating every single move, but the only thing you cannot debate is the quality pickup that is manscaped this offseason. The leaders in below the weight group, below the waist grooming. Below the weight. Man, nailed it last time, but that was a little clunky. Well, you put all your effort in the transition, and then you, 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 you overlooked him. You overlooked right, the actual reset, reset. We're debating every single pick here, but the only true guaranteed quality pickup this season is manscaped, the leaders in below the waist grooming. Look, we could post that on social now and say, look, Steve nailed it. Except you just With Manscaped's Performance Package 4.0, your, your skill position will be sleek and smooth enough for a sub-4340. Support us and head to manscaped.com and use the exclusive code PFF. Do that, do that right there at checkout. You get 20% off plus free shipping. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your nicks and snags will be reduced. And in the season of trimming the roster, Manscaped will make sure you're cutting the right players. And not any important pieces to your D. Hmm. Fence. Look, fellas, don't fall off her draft board. The ladies out there think that long nose hair is a major turnoff. I can, yeah. I don't think that's specific to the ladies. I think everybody thinks that that's Nobody pretty, likes the long no- pretty nose ridiculous hair. and revolting. That's where the weed whacker nose and ear hair trimmer comes in. That's your solution. Why not use the best tools for the jobs there? The job there as well. April's draft season, as you know, but it's also Testicular Cancer Awareness Month, and Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. So you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code PFF over at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping, manscaped.com. Use the code PFF. Turn your Mr. Irrelevant into a first-round pick 
with Manscaped. Now that you've uh, hit 40, have you reached the point where, like, the ear hair and the nose hair is getting out of control? Because it tends to happen to old people. No, no, no. That no? St- started in my 30s. Oh, okay. Lie. Yeah. Billy Connolly, uh, old stand-up comedian, used to have this bit of, you know, the since I've hit my 40s or whatever it was, the ear and the nose hair has gone out of control. It's like, you know, I'm sure the body knows what it's doing. Um I'm a little bit worried about what it is is going to happen to me that's going to need long nasal hair to deal with, but all right, fine, <laughs> let's roll with it. That is funny. That is good. No, I started in my 30s. That's why you need the uh, okay. need right. the weed whacker there. So, uh, yeah, go check out manscaped.com with 20% off. Promo code's PFF. Where's my mock here? Where are we? Number 11. Washington. <clears throat> Washington commanders are on the clock. What's their biggest need, Sam? You can't say QB. Uh, I can't say QB. I also can't say a couple other things I was thinking of either. So that'll uh, that'll get me into trouble. Um, no, I don't like. They're another. They they probably do need a quarterback, but they're not going to get one. Um, they're not going to go after one because that would upset Carson. Can't do that. Can't have that. Man's dressed like a hot dog with his giant yellow what, suit. What's the round cutoff that you're allowed to draft a receiver, a quarterback, like four without upsetting Carson? Yeah. Four highest has to be day three. Yeah, it's gonna be a Saturday exactly pick. day. Day three can't yeah. can't be earlier than that, or he'll get mad. Yeah, a day uh, two pick is like, uh oh, seat's getting warm. It's getting yeah. warm over here. I mean, to me, I look at Carson Wentz. I will repeat myself for the millionth time. When Carson Wentz is my quarterback, my biggest need is great playmakers. There are a few teams where when you're going through and you're doing this, um, you're like, huh. This roster's actually not in bad – like, they're not in bad shape. I came away from this. I'm like, where does Washington need, like, an impact day one starter? And, like, it's not that many places. They're – it's a, not a bad team. It's a tricky one, though, because, like, one of those positions – Other fact, they have Carson Wentz at quarterback. One of those positions is corner, where we're looking at – William Jackson has had uh, generally a good career when healthy. They just paid him a ton of money, and he's coming off a grade in the 50s. Yeah. Right, so corner is where I settled on. But I'm just saying, theoretically, William Jackson is a good player coming off a bad season. You're not sitting there saying major need. No, but there are other. That's the problem with Washington's roster. Yeah, but their other spots are you know Benjamin's and Jews, Kendall Fuller, um, like DJ Hayden is on that depth chart. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna argue receiver with you big time here. Terry McLaurin's awesome. Yeah, you want Deami Brown as your two to go with Curtis Samuel as your you know inside outside guy. I don't. Deami Brown's fine. He's a I mean, fine. I don't want it, but I don't want Benjamin Sajus playing either. Kendall Fuller's really the starter there. Kicks into the slot. Fuller's really the starter. Yeah. And, and St. Juice and Nickel. And then you have William Jackson, who we don't know if he's going to be good in this system. Scheme. Team. I, I would say no. Carson Wentz. Make Carson Wentz good. Make Give Carson me the next Wentz receiver good. on the board. <laughs> Yes, it's receiver, Sam. Okay. It's Jamison Williams, and then, next receiver on the board. What about the fact that Jamin Davis hasn't been good yet? No. I mean, just let linebackers develop. Let linebackers develop. Yes. Okay. So who's, who are you taking a wide receiver? Jamison Williams. Huh. All right. Or Chris Olave. Or Chris Olave. I want it, either a deep threat or a dude who can get open, somebody that's going to compliment Terry McLaurin. Can I have unofficial 40-time Chris Olave? I mean, official 40 times still pretty good, too. 439. <laughs> it's not 426. It's not 426 at all. Uh, but Alave, 22 miles an hour on the field. He reached it. Okay. According to some, uh, some tracking data. Huh. Just saying. Alave's got speed, but not the speed and burst like Jamison Williams. All right. So, to me, that's the biggest need. Receiver, 
for the okay. Commanders. Jameson Williams, a compliment to Terry McLaurin. Make Carson Wentz throw the ball down the field. It's kind of like the Derek Carr thing a couple of years ago. Get him a guy that's going to force him to be more aggressive throwing the ball down the field and not to the defense. All right. Yeah. All right, so Washington, look at that. I mean, stepped up there. Won that battle. Vikings on the clock. Biggest need. Corner. Desperate. They're bringing it back all the old guys, though. Yeah. They bring back, bring back Patrick Peterson? Yes. They desperately need cornerbacks, even with Patrick Peterson there. What about O-line? I mean, they could use some offensive linemen. Like, Garrett Bradbury is still scheduled to start at center. That's not great. Um, Linderbaum. Linderbaum. They, they keep bringing back all – or not bringing back. They keep signing all these people. You're like, how – why? You know? Austin Schlottman? Really? Why? Everybody needs a Schlottman somewhere. I don't think they do. I honestly don't think that's true. They've identified him as a backup interior offensive lineman to yeah. target. I So – Right now, their cornerback group, Patrick Peterson, who just had a grade at 63 and, you know, didn't look good. Chandon Sullivan, Chris Boyd, Nate Hairston, Harrison Hand. This is Parry Nickerson, Cameron Dantzler. This is not a group of cornerbacks you're comfortable starting. So we have just gone, because of this need-based mock, here's who's still on the board, by the way. Kyle Hamilton. Yep. Derek Stingley. Mm -hmm. Charles Cross. Yep. Uh, all the corners, Trent McDuffie, Sauce Gardner, they're all still on the board yeah. because we're just filling needs. Right. Right? And, um, I mean, let this be a lesson in the danger of just filling needs across the board. If every team did it, some team that's not need-based drafting is going to get some good football players. That's how, uh, that's how the player falls to 17 to the Chargers a few years ago. So, anyway, Vikings at 12 were establishing corner as their biggest need. Now, is that... Would you go, given that, would you go Derek Stingley or Sauce Gardner? To me, those are the two guys that I would look at. As much as I love Trent McDuffie, I'm looking at Stingley or Gardner here. Yeah, I think that's, that's the discussion. That I mean, since we're all doing our own boards, I love Stingley, but I might be ready to go Sauce as, as cornerback one. Did I already declare that here on the pod the other day? I don't know. Sauce is cornerback one Stingley's the guy with the upside like that season that he had in 2019 was one of the best seasons we've ever seen from a corner in college yep um and that like he has the guy that's already shown potential to be a top five NFL cornerback uh Sauce Gardner I don't think has shown that but he's his floor has shown to be significantly higher than Stingley and it's been consistent and he hasn't given up a touchdown in college football and he has the length, and he has the size, and it turns out he has the speed as well with his 4-4 combine. Um, so I think it's, it's sort of safety versus upside, basically, with the two. Which do you value more? I'm leading sauce here, man. That's my top guy. Okay. I think there's probably some value to putting him on a team or putting him in a room with Patrick Peterson, a guy who has got experience of being a weirdly oversized corner. You know, yeah. like a, Patrick Peterson's a big dude to play corner for his entire career, and kind of he's just a, such a special athlete. Though I know, but Peterson. like you would think that he's got at least some tips and tricks of how to like. So we're mean, taking we'll take Ahmad Gardner for uh, the tips and tricks. I'm not saying that's Patrick the reason Peterson. you do it, but I'm saying that there's oh, probably yeah. a useful connection there of of when you bring in a guy like Sauce Gardner, saying, "Hey, Patrick Peterson is a." a massive corner that's had success for his entire career, understanding how to play with a body type like that. Let's see what he can impart in terms of wisdom. All right, let's do that. Sauce Gardner, 
to the Vikings at 12. We're filling the biggest needs here. Of course, the flip side there is Derek Singh is an LSU guy, so there's an LSU connection. Uh, there is well. an LSU connection for another big, long corner. Hmm. Let's do a quick reset here. We've got, um, we're, again, needs-based drafting. We're, we're just forgetting about value. We're going with each team's biggest need, talking through what the need is and who the best fit is, given that. So Jaguars at one, go tackle Evan Neal. Lions, QB Malik Willis. Texans, Edge, Aiden Hutchinson. Jets, wide receiver Drake London. Giants go Iki Iguanu, the tackle, at five. Panthers, QB Kenny Pickett. Giants, Edge, Trayvon Walker. Falcons, wide receiver Garrett Wilson. Seahawks, QB Desmond Ritter at nine. Jets come back with Kayvon Thibodeau, the edge at 10. Commanders at 11, wide receiver Jamison Williams. And then the Vikings at 12 go Sauce Gardner, the corner out of our hometown, Cincinnati. Puts the Texans back up on the clock. They've got all the needs. Mm-hmm. First time around, we gave him Aiden Hutchinson, the best player on the board. So can we do that again? It's funny. Need, a purely need-based mock draft appears to work out spectacularly well for the Houston Texans. They end up I with mean, Hutchinson. it works for any team that doesn't just fill their top needs, If assuming other teams do it. They, they end up with Aiden Hutchinson, number one. And then you have a choice of, like, you know, the – Charles Cross, Kyle Hamilton, Derek Stingley. You, you, this is awesome for them. To me, it's between Kyle Hamilton or Derek Stingley here for the Texans. I think, yeah, Hamilton was a guy who, up until recently and relatively pedestrian 40 times, was being put to the Texans at three overall. If they end up with him at 13, having snagged Aiden Hutchinson at three, it's like Christmas. There's a re- there were reports coming out of Pro Day that Hamilton was running in the four sevens. So he, yeah, the quote-unquote official time at his pro day. I'm not even sure who throws that out there. The best. It's probably the best scout. The best scout? Yeah. It's like whoever is... The seniority? Yes. The senior scout from Gil. all teams. Gil Brandt is the official 40 time at so, all pro days. Yeah. Whoever the whoever the official guy was threw out like a four, five, six or something, which is like 300 faster than his combine time. What? And then everybody else. Huh? Who had an official four five six when everyone else is in the four seven? That's what I'm saying. So whoever, whatever the official time was that got put out, I, like I said, I don't even know what that is. They were like four five six. Oh, it's faster than it's great. Everybody else that was there was like, uh, we had him in like the four sevens. So he ran a four six essentially flat at the combine, which was immediately a time that everyone was like, ooh, I thought he was faster than that, given all the tape and the range and these plays from center field. And then apparently went slower at his pro day by like a tenth of a second. So all of a sudden, at the very minimum, you're looking at a guy and you're like, he just didn't have the speed we're looking for. Do you trust the tape enough? I just think that's enough to – like you're already talking about a guy, safety, position value, number three overall. And now you add the fact that he might not be that fast into it and you're almost certainly watching some kind of Kyle Hamilton slide versus when we thought he was going to go in the top five. I mean, that puts – that, that's why you're hearing more Trayvon Walker at two for the Lions because previously we were thinking maybe is Kyle Hamilton going to go two? Like, where's yeah. he going to go? Two I mean, or three two, or whatever. Yeah, those teams that were potentially – that could talk themselves into. I understand. If you're going to draft a safety in the top five or ten, everything – he better check every single box. Yeah. I think that's fair. So, at 13 – Hell yeah. Kyle Hamilton. Yep. All right. <laughs> Kyle Hamilton to the Texans. He'll play uh, – He'll play that you know, split safety when they play cover two. They mix it up. He can do everything that they're looking for there. That puts the Ravens up at 14. Now, what's their biggest need? Interior defensive line. It is. Yeah. I agree. 
because they don't have Calais Campbell nope. on there. They you know they they haven't really gotten the development from some of their recent draft picks. They brought back Michael Pierce. Fine. They have Derek Wolf. Like they just this is not a group that you're comfortable with. Matt Abuike, yeah, again has been you know an okay rotational player, right? Basically at this point. So on our board when we're looking at interior defensive line, fit matters here too. So you have Devonte Wyatt. And you have Jordan Davis. They're the top two interior defensive linemen, mm-hmm. both from Georgia, both completely different players. You have Wyatt as more of your upfield penetrator. And as we know, Jordan Davis is your, you know, only three dudes on the planet who, you know, are 340 pounds who can run 4'8". Yeah. Or maybe the only, only one player, one dude on the planet that can do that. Who knows? <clears throat> so Ravens, in, instinctively, as far as, like, who's the better fit for the Ravens, I'm thinking Jordan Davis initially. Mm. This is a little bit like the Stingley versus Sauce Gardner argument. I think you're choosing safety versus upside. Um, I will say that I think Baltimore is arguably the best single environmental destination for Jordan Davis. Like if Jordan Davis landed in Baltimore, I don't think you could ask for a better environment for him to actually realize the potential. That being said, it's still a gamble. Like Devontae Wyatt right now is a better football player than Jordan Davis. So, I mean, look, you can make this argument both ways, right? When we talk about Jordan Davis, if you leave him one-on-one, he'll, I mean, he's going to deposit some centers and guards into the quarterback's lap. And given how often the Ravens blitz, that could open up those one-on-ones for Davis as a pass rusher. On the other hand, if you give Devontae Wyatt one-on-ones as a pass rusher, the guy just wins, right? I mean, he's a good, explosive, 315-pound pass rusher. So that works out for both of those guys. Wyatt's going to live in the backfield, he or has already shown the capacity to play snaps, like a lot of them. Yeah. Um, I just think Jordan Davis is a total projection. Are you lean, Would you lean Wyatt here? I would draft Wyatt above Jordan Davis this high. I just feel like the Ravens are one of those teams. I, maybe I'm just overthinking the fact because they had Brandon Williams and Michael Pierce for so long, like yeah. to use the big dudes to stop the run. Jordan Davis slots in there, learns how to play a little nose from Michael Pierce. Uh, we've talked about Davis being 340, but kind of playing like a five technique too, and you know, playing in the Ravens can move them all along the defensive line. I can see the argument for either player here, but they're two completely different types of players. Yeah, um, I can go. I can go with Wyatt because I would draft him higher anyway. Um, even though I'm talking myself into Davis as a fit for the Ravens. Well, although so we've we've set this precedent of this is what we think teams would do. What do you think the Ravens would do? I, I would draft Wyatt ahead of Davis, but I don't know that other teams – I don't know that teams would. Other teams? Like I'm a – My feeling is the Ravens would lean more toward our analysis that the on-field production – they would weigh the on-field production more hmm. than just the, the, just the pure upside of, uh, of a Jordan Davis. I don't think they would get sucked into what this guy could be as much as other teams hmm. and go with the guy who's done it more often, which is Devontae Wyatt. Okay. Ravens fans are going to be all over me. Probably. My Ravens would never pass on Jordan Davis in this situation. But they are here. Okay. Let's go Devontae Wyatt. Done. To the Giants. I mean, to the Ravens here at 14. Now Ravens fans are really mad. Call them the Giants. It's insulting. All right. Wyatt to the Ravens to fill their biggest need on the interior of the defensive line. That puts the Eagles up on the clock. Biggest need. So we got three biggest needs to fill here. Pick 15, 16, and of course 19. What's their biggest need? Uh, I think edge rusher, linebacker, then receiver or corner, maybe, for Philadelphia. I think corners. I mean, I think linebacker, like if you just were listing needs, have to get better at linebacker at some point. Yeah. If you look at cornerback, though, 
Darius Slay at one on one side, Avante Maddox, whether or not you want him to play inside or out, Zach McPherson is their other starter. I mean, you could easily make the argument that it's corner. They're going to pick here at 15 and 16. If you go linebacker and corner for the Eagles, I think you're filling two, two big needs, and it's, I mean... Linebacker, it's, I think, is definitely well their here. biggest need. So every, everybody's essentially mocked Devin Lloyd. Yeah, that one, Eagles it makes sense. It Let's fits lock their biggest in. need. Yeah, Devin Lloyd, done. And then um, I would take the linebacker first because you save a little bit of money, right, over time with the line. If you're going to go line, corner and linebacker, you do the the cheaper position first. How much money are you saving by doing that? Uh, a couple hundred thousand. <laughs> a couple hundred bucks. Yeah. Devin Lloyd at 15. So we'll go Devin Lloyd, Utah linebacker at 15 mm-hmm. to the Eagles. I mean, I, I think starting corner is the spot here. Stingley or McDuffie? So this is an interesting one because I think McDuffie, to succeed, almost has – not has to play, but his best fit is an Eagles type of system, right? They're going to play you know, soft zone, keep everything in front of them, don't have to play press as much. It, it limits your, your height. And you just fly around as a zone corner, and Trent McDuffie is a great fit for the Eagles system. Do they have a bigger need at safety than corner? Well, yeah. So Anthony Harris is back, and uh, who are they losing? McDougald. McDougald? Who am I thinking of? Um, their other uh, – McLeod. That McLeod. I always get Ronnie McLeod's gone. So you have Kayvon Wallace maybe filling in. I liked Wallace coming out of Clemson, but he's not really – Hasn't played great so far. I don't think safety is a bigger need than corner, though. Hmm. Tay Gowan, they brought in who he liked last year, but you know, didn't really stick with Arizona. I mean, corner is a, a huge question mark unless you think Avante Maddox is just like locked in as the starter on the outside. But I think McDuffie's a lot like Maddox, inside outside flexibility and all that stuff. It'd be tough to pass on Stingley just because. Like I, I, I envision Stingley in more of a man heavy type of system. So that might be what limits me picking him here with the Eagles. But I think corner would be a biggest. I think that's their biggest need after linebacker here. Okay. They would probably argue edge with Brandon Graham getting older. They only and Well, their edge thing is like, so Brandon they brought Graham, back Derek Barnett too. Like I they've know. got four legit, like solid players. Like Graham's gotten old. Um, Derek Barnett just hasn't been very good. And they re-signed him. Yeah. Um like Josh Sweat has been fine, but they haven't really trusted him in a bigger role. Uh, Hassan Reddick, they re- they they signed in free agency. He's more of a one-trick pony in terms of edge rusher, speed guy. It's not that it's terrible. It's just that we we've come from this world of Philadelphia having seven guys up front right. that can get legit pressure. And you can make the same argument inside, right? Like Javon Hargrave, Milton Williams, who they drafted. Um, Fletcher Cox just isn't the same guy. They brought him back in a cheaper deal. We've gone from this world where you had seven legitimate guys that could get real pressure over the course of a season to now you have, like, one. Hassan Reddick will get pressure. Fletcher Cox is fine, but he's really declining at this point. Javon Hargrave was really good as a pass rusher. Disastrous in the run game last year. Milton Williams remains to be seen. It's just the entire group is suddenly a question mark as opposed to before where it was an unquestioned strength. Edge was easier to see before they re-signed Derek Barnett. You could easily talk yourself into Graham Older, Sweat, finishing up his his tenure here. What about wide receiver? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's you know, they've drafted a first-rounder the last two years. You have Devontae Smith, but well, opposite yeah. him. Only one of them is good. Yeah, Jalen Rager, Zach Paschal, John Hightower. They've tried our Sega Whiteside. 
I would argue the wide receiver is actually a bigger need, certainly than than the front seven. I think it's receiver or corner for the Eagles here. I think given have like, we even been looking at the running back position for teams? Uh, probably not. No. Um, Darius Lay and Avante Maddox, I think, is better than Devonte Smith and whoever else. So I would say wide receiver is a bigger need. Oh boy, then we'll circle we'll circle back and get corner. All right, so. You made this ridiculous argument that a guy like Chris Olave, who's really good at getting open, the one thing that you love in receivers is bad for the Eagles I'd and Jalen Hurts. That's what I said at all, but sure. That's what you said. No, it's You not. said Olave was not a good fit. What I Eagles. said is a guy that brings a different skill set is a better pick, all things being equal, than a guy who shares a similar skill set. And therefore, the, the problem with the I would Eagles, never misquote you or misrepresent your takes. The problem with the Eagles receiving core right now is Jalen Hurts. So in order to move the Jalen Hurts needle, you need to show him something different. I don't think simply adding this, a similar player who's also going to get open is going to – like he, he's not pulling the trigger on the passes that are already open. Maybe, maybe it's just a development thing. Get him here in year three. He'll start hitting open receivers more. Sure, that, that tends to happen. Yeah. 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 Year the three is when better. the quarterback suddenly goes, oh, that, that open guy down there, I'm going to throw him the football. When you have two open guys, you double your chances of hitting an open guy. Do you? Yeah. Chris Olave <laughs> yeah, is the next way, guy on our pick. board. And then Traylon Burks. There's a drop-off, I think, after Olave. It's Olave. Yeah. I, just, I mean, yeah. I'm just saying, we're going to like drag you kicking and screaming here with the Olave pick. My point was simply, if you have Olave versus a Drake London or a Jamison Williams, take the guy that has a slightly different skill set. All right. So now, Chris Olave, lock it in, 16 Filling the biggest need, which is receiver. I have a feeling we'll still have corner. Well, I think we'll draft a corner at 19 for the Eagles. So they're going to get Devin Lloyd and Chris Alave at the two picks for the Eagles. That puts the Chargers up on the clock. And uh, what's their biggest need? I'm, my initial thought is right tackle. Yeah. And the other question, though, is, is it interior defensive line? No. Not necessarily because they've added players, but is their biggest need a Jordan Davis type? No. Why not? Because they have added players along the defensive line, they won't be as bad up front. As yeah, but it's Sebastian year. Joseph Day and it's Austin Johnson. Like those. It's also, dude. Khalil Mack, who's going to dominate in the run game. Yeah, I understand, but I'm talking about a lot of the offseason chatter. Okay, we play a lot of too high. We would need to be able to defend the run with fewer players. Nobody fits that bill better than Jordan Davis, or at least you know theoretically, <laughs> as far as what they're capable of doing. Eating up two blockers. Holding the point. Yeah, I mean, that would be, that's all nice. It's great. They can certainly upgrade up front. On the other hand, right tackle right now. And right guard, right, to be honest. Yeah, sure. Right tackle in particular. I, like, okay, the combination of right guard and right tackle right now is Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins, neither of whom can play for you. So, and by the way, your quarterback is Justin Herbert. You probably need to make sure that you don't get him killed. So, absolutely. It, no, they need offensive line desperately. So Charles Cross is the top tackle on the board. I, I feel like we've pigeonholed into him into, well, he's a left, left tackle only. Well, he's never played right tackle. On yeah. the other hand, we've said before, you know, a couple of shows ago when we were talking about this, you should generally feel reasonably confident that a college player can flip sides of the line as he's moving into the NFL and be okay with it. So I th- it makes you, if, if it's a, it should be a tiebreaker, right? If you're talking about two guys that you think are really, really close, and one of them has played right tackle before and done it well, and the other one hasn't, pick the guy that's played right tackle and move him over. The next guy on the board is Bernard Ryman from Central Michigan, also a left tackle and hasn't played right tackle. And has barely played left tackle, let alone right tackle. So my point being, 
okay, if you're separating Charles Cross from the top two tackles, Evan Neal, who went number one in this draft, and Nicky Aquino went five, fine. But we're now at pick number 17, so it's Charles Cross time. All right, Charles Cross to uh, to the Chargers at 17. He's gonna he's gonna move over to right tackle for the Chargers. It's a need based mock. We're taking the top need on each team. Puts the Saints at 18 on the clock here. So where do we look at the Saints' top needs? Is it QB? They just yeah, they re-signed Jameis Winston. I mean, long term it's QB. Yeah. Short term. Short term, I think QB is in the same bucket as the Mariota thing. I think they bought themselves a year to not have to shoehorn a quarterback in there. What do we think is going to happen with Michael Thomas? I mean, if he's back and it's Michael Thomas and Marcos Callaway, bring back uh, Traquan Smith, the great Kevin White's there. The great. Yeah. To me, receiver is still a thing. But if we're talking biggest need right now, they just lost to Ron Armstead. It has to be left tackle. I mean, this is one of those things about the Saints' rebuilding effort. They haven't had to think about tackle since drafting Ryan Ramchek five years ago. But that's uh, there's other places along the roster I'd like to upgrade. But left tackle, they've got James Hurst, who you know filled in admirably. But I don't think I want to go into the season with James Hurst as my starting tackle. Hmm. Okay. You've been trying to talk yourself into James Hurst recently. A little bit. I just think it's not a disaster if they have to start with him, given what we've seen from him. What about number two corner? Paul Sanadebo drafted him last year. He played pretty well last year. Yeah, he was fine. I, but, you know, I mentioned last year, one of the most important draft picks in the draft yeah. as a third rounder. Who, they needed it. They needed him. They did dra- They did sign Bradley Roby just before the season, but they have Roby and Adebo over there. I think it's it, – I mean, that's – it's James Hurst has es- essentially established himself as a swing tackle. Sure. His career. Or, you know, a pinch starting tackle if you need him to. Um, that's what a swing tackle is. Yeah, not really. It, it, that's it's a your guy choice. Who in a it's, pinch is going to start at left or right tackle. Starting left tackle or number two wide receiver, assuming Michael Thomas comes back. There's also the possibility that Michael Thomas doesn't come back and is playing somewhere else. Yeah, that's what I started with the Michael Thomas discussion because in my head, when I'm like Saints' biggest needs, I'm always thinking receiver. But um, are we supposed to look at the value? Like the board is getting depleted at receiver. And I would say I, don't, I want James Hurst to be a swing tackle, not a starting tackle. Mm. And there have been – the Michael Thomas thing has been very quiet recently. Like it, the, there hasn't been a ton of trade talk. It hasn't been – you know, we went for a while that, oh, Michael Thomas is done. And then it's kind of just quietened down. And you got to do well by Jameis here. And Michael Thomas being a part of – being part of the team is probably better by, uh, by Jameis. So let's go tackle. Okay. Bernard Ryman's the next tackle on the board. You also have Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. I would go Ryman. I mean, I would trust the board here. Trust the board. Yeah. Okay. All right. So Bernard Ryman, Central Michigan tackle. He's going to be the pick for the Saints at 18, filling their biggest need over at left tackle. Puts the Eagles back on the clock. I still think their biggest need's corner. So Stingley or McDuffie. Man, this is where this is where I like I, I tend to overthink things. Yeah. I would say the overthinker in me is like, man, I want to see McDuffie in this Eagles scheme. Yeah, but come on. We're at pick number nineteen. Can we pass but you're up picking Derek Stingley. Stingley at this point? You, you never pass on a blue a potential blue chip player <laughs> so like saying, Derek Stingley. That is so an axiom. The Cleveland Browns. That's what the Browns said. You never pass on a blue. I wonder if that meant running backs too, even in the first round. Because no. that was the that's that's from like 
Paul D. Podesta's desk. That is straight from Moneyball to the Browns to the you know to the world here. Never pass on a blue, but I will believe that. Don't pass on Derek Stingley. So Stingley's going to go to 19 here. Yep. In this mock that is needs based only goes to the Eagles at 19. It also looks like a best player available pick, but it's because it sure. matched their need. It works well. All right, the Steelers are up at 20. Yeah. What's their biggest need? I mean, it's QB, isn't it? <laughs> uh, Steelers fans are going to hate this. No, Mitch Trubisky is buying you. If, if Mariota... No, God, he's not. If Mariota and Winston are buying you time... Come on. And you've already declared Trubisky better than Locke... Yeah, because Locke is terrible. You, Trubisky's buying you time. You're rolling into this season with Mitch Trubisky as your quarterback. This season? I mean, yeah, I would I would sacrifice a year. Sacrifice a year? Yeah. They don't sacrifice years in Pittsburgh. They've never had a losing season since Tomlin took over. Oh, they can go 8-8. Eight eight. Well, I mean, you can't, but you can go 8-8-1. Eight, 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 in the eight, AFC? Go 8-8-1. Eight, eight, in the AFC North? All right, well, if you don't want to throw a pick at quarterback and you want to roll in there with Mitchell Trubisky, what are you doing? I think the secondary has been a huge need for them for a while. Uh, they may think that they fix linebacker a little bit with Miles Jack, but linebacker has been a serious issue there. I mean, I like what they did at corner with Levi Wallace, Akilah Weatherspoon. That's enough to, you know, buy some time there at corner, I would say. Safety, it's Minka Fitzpatrick along with Carl Joseph. Big Carl Joseph fan four years ago. I don't know if he's a starting caliber safety at this time. You could say that that is a spot. They've made some moves, enough moves at the, on the offensive line. Here's the other thing. I don't trust Dan Moore at left tackle. If you're just talking pure needs, left tackle. Dan Moore, fourth-round rookie last year. Third or fourth round, I keep getting confused. Fourth-round rookie last year for the Steelers. Grades in the 50s. Yeah, he might develop, but Penning, who we did give to the Steelers a couple mock drafts ago, mm -hmm. Trevor Penning fills the immediate need of left tackle. The other thing about me saying maybe not quarterback is am I cheating in this? Like because there's a few QBs off the board. Right. But yeah, like the biggest need for the Steelers is franchise quarterback. Okay. <laughs> Let's give them a quarterback. So per the per the rules of the mock draft, we have to give them a quarterback. So Sam Howell or Matt Corral. Oh man. Trust the board. Which says Sam, Sam Howell. Sam Howell to the Steelers. I get the impression in doing these, and in particular when I had quarterback rankings that had Corral lower than most people. I don't know if that's just a just a backlash from that, or if like Matt Corral is emerging as like QB two slash three in the general zeitgeist consensus. Again, this isn't exactly the twenty five percent argument, but this is the like if you follow enough people that are talking about the NFL draft, you can get any ranking of quarterbacks right. but in particular it feels like deal. it feels like matt corral is being ranked higher than sam howell at the moment would be my overall point yeah i could see that i could see people wanting corral i thought corral just kind of got overlooked in the entire process because every other top quarterback like went to the senior bowl and yeah i went also through a lot of the senior stuff i mean i also know corral there's did. an nfl team like sitting there going yeah we like matt corral we take him at like in the 40s like oh okay yeah. I could see people buying into baller Matt Corral. Dude just gets it done. So did Sam Howell, though, last year. So what do we got here? 
Who's best for the Steel City? My son Harry <laughs> would take the worst player. Yeah. That's how he drafts for the Steelers. Okay. Harry's um, mock draft is scroll to the bottom and take DeMarvin Leal, bottom player on the on the best available list, or Brees Hall. I don't know. If we're do again, if, take we're, another running back. if we're doing this on the basis that you know, this is what would happen, I think right now more people would draft Corral over Hal, even though the PFF board has him the other way around. The other potential biggest need is center. <laughs> don't have a, we don't have a cough button, sorry. Hmm. You could argue center. You could. But not over QB, right? I mean, that's not the rules, right? It's biggest need. Oh, it's biggest need. Which so it's QB. All right. Sam Howell. What's the chat say? Sam Howell or Matt Corral here? I mean, the argument is essentially, is, Matt, is it worth going from Trubisky to Matt Corral or Sam Howell? Or uh, at starter for center to, to Linderbaum? Yeah, I mean, if, realistically, if you're taking the fourth quarterback off the board... I would just pass. A problem. <laughs> Unless, not the entire pick, on, on the quarterback. Right, just, just pass okay. my pick. I abdicate this pick. I'm I want done. no interest in it. I don't need any picks. Wake me when the second round comes up. I'll see you next year. Um, I, would, I would probably pass on QB if it's the fourth quarterback there. Remember, so they, you know, Kendrick Green was their Marquise Pouncey replacement last year. It didn't go so well. They did bring in Mason Cole, who, I mean played okay for the Vikings last year. Not exactly like a confident starter going forward, but they've chipped away at it. I still think I, – I think it's either quarterback or defense, and, and honestly pretty much anywhere on defense. All right, well, I'm going with the uh, – we've got 31 votes in in the YouTube chat. 55% Sam Howell over uh, Matt Corral at, this, at the moment. Okay. You want to do that then? I guess so. I will say that I'm pretty sure I gave him Sam Howell in that previous mock and people hated it. Yeah. All right, go. Sam Howell, it is. Done. You, Done. It's locked. I clicked it. Done. Mike's about to click it. He already clicked it. Sorry, it's in. in. Sam Howell to the Steelers. Puts the Patriots up on the board. We do need to update the Mark Draft Sim. Is wide receiver one of their needs? Maybe not. Devontae Parker has been traded to the Patriots. We broke that down for a good 10 minutes. A Maybe. good crisp 10 minutes on the PFF NFL Daily today. Um, got a lot of good emails from people over the last few days. And, uh, and a lot of good screenshots of people subscribing to the Daily and the PFF NFL podcast. Keep sending those in. We sent out one free Edge subscription at the end of uh, about three, four shows ago. We'll do that again this week, this Thursday. Another free Edge subscription if you have a screenshot of a subscription to the Daily in the PFF NFL podcast. There's a leader in the clubhouse because the last guy who won said he signed up his wife unknowingly. Yeah. Uh, there is a guy who said if we read his email, which could come on Wednesday, He'll sign up like all of his employees and immediate family and all that. I mean, we'll get like 50 free downloads added to the millions here. Sweet. So uh, we, we could be bribed. We could be had. Also remember just to send us emails. Like without, you know, screenshots are great. No strings attached. Just emails. But NFL yeah, podcast. questions, thoughts, whatever. Musings. Uh, NFL podcast at PFF.com. Those are what's going to fuel certainly the, you know, the midweek show and potentially further as we get into the offseason. So the New England Patriots are up at 21. Jackpot for them. Why is that? Well, they've been – they're a cornerback desperate team, and they've been a team that's getting linked to Andrew Booth a lot from Clemson. If McDuffie's there at 21, hell yeah. Now, is this because they're pivoting to more of a zone-heavy scheme? No, it's because they need a cornerback, and he's a really good cornerback. Man, so we're just putting the wrong like, – 
Stingley's gone to the wrong scheme with the Eagles. McDuffie's going to go to the wrong system here with the Patriots. Why is this the wrong system? He's got to play zone. So? It's the best zone corner. Huh? It's the best zone corner in the draft. Right? Him and Sauce. So why? What? So McDuffie going to New England, they want to play press man. They're not. They don't don't do it they with don't. little Trent. They're pivoting away from press man. They have Jalen Mills and Terrence the Mitchell, Mitchell as their starters. Yeah. And Malcolm Butler back, actually. Malcolm Butler's probably going to. Gonna start for them if he's if he's back in shape. Right, McDuffie. Is that their biggest need over edge? Yes. Josh, Josh Uche and Matthew Judon. Yes. You're just going best player available here. I'm also biggest need by a mile. How can you think that this is not their biggest need? Because they brought Malcolm Butler back. So, what's Malcolm Butler done lately? He hasn't been beat. Didn't get beat all last year. Right. Didn't even start the last time he was a Patriot. Uh-huh. Didn't play. Right. That's a good point. All right. Trent McDuffie to the Patriots because uh, because Malcolm Butler was benched for the last uh, the last game that he played with the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Actually, didn't play. Trent McDuffie filling the Patriots' biggest need remaining here at corner, edge, and linebacker. They did a little bit of work there here in the offseason. The other argument could have been guard, but stop. Packers' biggest needs receiver. Yep. Right? Unquestionably. Or? No. No. Is it QB? It's not. It's unquestionably receiver. All right. I can't, I can't overuse the same joke here. That almost killed a guy. Yeah. That was a funny tweet. Somebody was benching, listening to us. When I suggested QB for Packers, he almost dropped the bar on himself or yeah. something. Is that right? It's funny. I almost killed myself benching the other day as well for a totally different reason. Not because of any jokes I made. No, I just I went too high in the bar and almost died. <laughs> Is anybody spotting? No, obviously not. <laughs> but I had the I had the you know the safety things, the guard, whatever, the catchers. Yeah, which is pretty much the only thing that stopped me dying. Yeah, man, that's. I hadn't benched for ages, right? I've been. Rough I don't. Weekend. I I think my technique or whatever for like the actual it's it's crappy, so I can never go as high on the bench as I think that I should be able to relative to what I can do with just single dumbbell presses. Yeah, I hadn't benched for ages. I was like, oh, let's give benching a shot, just to finish off you know this this training session. Uh, and I was like, let's see if I can match a personal best, you know, just a one rep max deal. So I put up personal. I'm not going to give my personal best because it's a terrible number. <laughs> That's why it's personal. Right. Pers- <laughs> my personal best. Uh, put it up. Did it easily. I was like, all right, let's, let's throw in 10 more pounds. See how we do. Just to just set a record now, you know. Hmm. 10 pounds did it fine. Then I got greedy and I wanted the next number up. And that's when I nearly died. What's like the percentage increase of 10 pounds? I don't want to tell you that because then you can work oh. out what the number is. I'm not an idiot. No, you're not, I guess. I was unable, unable to, to get that out of you. Yeah. I mean, I can't bench either. <laughs> so. Well, you and I have the same problem, all by, by different levels of magnitude, right? It's the long arm issue. Yeah. We both have long arms relative to our size, and that makes pushing the bench quite tricky. It's not great. You get these people, like stumpy little people like Rick and, you know, Austin – they're tiny little arms. You're only pushing it like six inches. It's easy. Anybody can bench with that arm length. Yeah, I'm not built to lift anything. That's why you look at the combine, right? The guy with like the record is Steven Pio with his like 28-inch arms. He's not moving the bar very far. Yeah, it's a stupid part of the workout. Right. Massive long arm people that you have to uh, – the bar's moving like an extra foot. It's just not fair. It's not. It's not fair at all. So I'm just I'm glad you I'm glad you set your personal record or got there and then uh, didn't die. And then almost died, yeah. Yeah. I'm happy that you didn't die, though. It's yeah, good. yeah. Well, that's what you know. The, the that's what the savers are there for. That's good. If you don't have a spotter, those things will will save your life. So the Packers are up with their biggest needs. Sam. Yeah, wide receiver. Next receiver on the board is Traylon 
So I think this is where wide receiver gets tricky and interesting. Uh, the PFF board has them in order. Traylon Burks from Arkansas, Sky Moore, Western Michigan, Jahan Dotson, Penn State, George Pickens, Georgia. Um, I think you can probably also throw Christian Watson from North Dakota State into that group as well. But this is where I think it gets kind of weird and chaotic, and you're kind of picking your favorite player or style. I have rewatched Traylon Burks since he ran like a hippo. Um, like a hippo? Yeah. It was 4 five, 5 Yeah. It's all right. He got slower at his pro day, though. No, it didn't. So he didn't even – he looked at 4 5, sat five. On it. Yeah, and was like, yeah, I don't think I can get better than that. And just didn't run at the pro day. Maybe he bulked up. I think that's a little bit of a red flag. Oh, somebody – so we talked about this before. And I was like, who – can you think of a single wide receiver who had, like, weight issues, who actually was good? And we came up with – We came up with basically nobody. USC Mike Williams. For, like, five minutes. Yeah. Um, somebody came up with Alshon Jeffrey, which I think True. is actually a good – answer and might be the only answer still the point being that like if that's the one that's a little bit of a worry Burks Burks is interesting when you watch him because I think he there were times I noted he just seems like he's completely off balance like Alshon Jeffrey if the ball was near him much like we described Drake London and yeah Devontae Parker like Burks Alshon Jeffrey just wins at the catch point Burks has some highlight reel wins at the catch point I don't think he's as consistent there. No, he's not. And I don't, so that he's not a contested catch monster. He also, so when you look at his tape, it's full of these plays where, oh, if you give him a crease, he's gone. It looks like 4 3 speed. When you rewatch it with the context of knowing he's a 4 5 guy, you can kind of see reasons why that's happening. Like some of those plays are against some of the worst competition he's going up against. He stiff arms a couple of guys rather than actually beats them for speed to an angle, all those kinds of things. My point being, I'm lower on Burks now than I was when we started this process. Um, Sky Moore, I think, ends up becoming more of a versatile inside-outside slot type of player than a pure outside number one guy, which is what they really need. Jahan Dotson, I guess similar bucket. George Pickens is the guy that I start to get interested in if I'm Green Bay because I think he has that number one X receiver skill set that could function. Christian Watson to a degree as well, but I think he's just less clean. Pickens, again, if he doesn't play just 63 snaps last year, he was awesome as a true freshman um, with Georgia in 2019. If he does not get hurt and get limited to only 63 snaps is he just a first round lock i mean i think it's a fair question the way he um goes up and gets it at the catch point you know he he had the big plays uh, down the stretch for georgia as well he's got for whatever it's worth he's just got he's got those ridiculous plays where he's just like destroying corners as a run blocker he's just got this i don't know intensity and by the way like those 63 snaps came basically at the end of the season in the playoffs like he got back to play Against the toughest competition, right yeah. to death. 52-yarder against Bama in the championship game. Yeah. Uh, a couple big catches against Bama in the SEC championship and all that stuff. Yeah, and, and you're in a Georgia offense that's not really featuring him even when he's over, you know, even when he's out there. Right. So this is different from, say, the Trayvon Walker thing. But anyway, you would go Pickens here? I oh. thought you were going to say Sky Moore. No, I, I think – because Green Bay, I think, desperately, like, they now need a Devontae Adams replacement. Now, Pickens isn't going to do that, but he's the, he's the guy 
Isn't Sky Moore the closest thing to a high-volume guy that you're going to trust with quicks and speed and catches it well? But I don't think he's ever going to become your number one. Pickens can. All right. That's fine. We put Pickens at the – I think we gave him to the Packers at 28 last time around. Possibly. When is Renner moving him up the draft board? It's only at 57 right now. Hater. We're going uh, going to scroll down to 57. Let's go George Pickens. To the Packers here at 22, filling their biggest need, which is receiver, which also might be their biggest need when we pick again <laughs> at 28. The Cardinals are up mm. at 23. What is their biggest need? I think you could argue wide receiver two, depending on what you think of uh, Rondell Moore. You could argue defensive end. You've got J.J. Watt, Marcus Golden, and the Barbarian, Dennis Gardeck. The Barbarian. Yeah. Just saying, the barbarians there resign. Uh, that guy's agent needs some. It hurts of... your argument a little bit. You could go interior defensive line. That guy's agent needs a medal. Interior defensive lines, Rashard Lawrence and Lucky Fotu, and it feels like they've got way more. You've got corner too. Yeah, it feels like they've got way more holes than they should have for a team that was really ascending last right? year. There's you, a team like Washington where you go through their roster and you're like, wow, this seems actually in pretty good shape in terms of needs. And then you have the opposite where you go to Arizona and you're like, for a team that was double-digit wins, playoff side, okay, it ended badly. But a team in theory that's in the ascendancy, you look at this roster and you're like, wow, there's actually quite a lot of holes here. Um, So edge isn't really the biggest need because they at least have starters there. The corners are Breon Borders, Marco Wilson, Byron Murphy. So corners a spot that needs to be addressed, I think. Um, Along the offensive line, maybe right guard. Josh yeah. Jones started uh, slated as to start. You got Will Hernandez that they just signed, who that's probably right. is an upgrade. Um, but again, you know that's it's a good like marginal upgrade. Yeah, but it, it's an upgrade. And then wide receiver too. I think it's corner or guard. Corner or guard. So if it's guard, you've got those you know couple options with Zion Johnson, the top guy on the board there. And honestly, I think it's it's corner. I, I mean, I agree that it's corner too. Now that becomes Marco Wilson saw, showed some flashes, but and Byron Murphy is your slot guy. Andrew Booth, Kair Elam, next guy's on our board. Yeah. I'm lower on Booth. He doesn't fit a lot of my, uh, my, my profiles. How do you hate profiles. Booth? Doesn't fit. Doesn't fit the production profiles. <laughs> it's also very new to, the, to playing. New football player. Experienced, I guess. New football player. It's the, the better <laughs> He's way He's a of new football that. player. Yeah. Inexperienced football. I don't, like, I don't hate Andrew Booth, but let's take your favorite corner here and let's fill that, fill that need here for the Cardinals. Booth. You want Booth? We're going. Yeah, yeah. Fine. I'm, just, I'm not going to fight you on it. But cool. <laughs> I would have taken Elam. Go Gators. <clears throat> Andrew Booth going to the Cardinals to be the uh, potential starting corner. Dallas is next up, number 24. Now, interior defensive line for the 10th straight year for the Cowboys. Uh, I think also offensive line. Left guard. Well, so left guard or right tackle. I, don't, I got a lot of hate. Cowboys fans for suggesting that right tackle is a need, having gotten rid of... Uh, well, Terrence Steele got better last year, and he worked with Duke, so he's good. Yeah, he also had a grade of like 65. I mean, yeah. how good do we think he is? Conversely, like Connor McGovern was actually okay. Like, okay, he was okay a lot of the time at fullback, but still. So left guard or right tackle, potential starting spot. I mean, if you have Trevor Penning on the board from Northern Iowa and you... To put him in at right tackle? Well, that's, that's what bad. I did, and Dallas fans were hating it. They were like, ah, guard is a way bigger need. Is it really? No. I don't know that it is. That's That was my point. Oh, dude, embrace the hate again. Embrace the hate 
again. Terrence Steele played pretty well last year at times. He also played a lot the year before and had a grade of 50 and a pass-blocking grade of 49. Even last year, his pass-blocking grade was 60. Like, how good do we think he is? Is, um, is Edge as big of a need? They signed Dante Fowler to replace Randy Gregory. I mean, that's not great, but you do have Demarcus Lawrence. That's one edge, Sam. We also have um, Micah Parsons. I, I understand that, but... That's different to not having a capable starting... So Micah Parsons is your starting linebacker and your starting edge, if you want. Yeah. And that makes Dante Fowler your number three pass rusher, which is where Fowler should be. He's your three. Sure. But I, I am far more intrigued when it was Demarcus Lawrence, Randy Gregory, and Micah Parsons. Well, of course, but that's different to like what is the biggest need. So you want to look offensive line here. I think you either pick you, – you take your pick of left guard or right tackle, and honestly I think they're the same need. Um, oh, or man. Let's get the vitriol from uh, Cowboys fans That again. interior defensive line. But I would go – So I think this is a team that drafts for need when they can, and they think they need an offensive See, I would, be, I, would, I would just go Jordan Davis here. I would say the, the Cowboys still want to not get gashed against the run. They have not found that guy up front. That could um, hold the point. Neville Gallimore hasn't developed. Tristan Hill hasn't developed. Carlos Watkins slated to maybe start. Oso Odigizua. I mean, all the, they've tr- thrown a lot of mid-round picks, right? S- uh, second, third, fourth-round picks at this problem the last couple of years, and nobody's really panned out. Odigizua, I think, flashed a lot last year and could be better this year. Okay. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying, I think he might be okay. I. As far as biggest need, it feels like a multi-year problem along the defensive line uh-huh. that Jordan Davis could help solve. But do you really want to? Do you really want to not touch that offensive line in round one? Just let him go right in there with Terrence Steele and Connor McGovern, Tyler Biadish, the ghost of Tyron Smith. Now you could make Coral the you could Martin. make the Biadish argument that he just I mean oh, he's he's gotten that. better every year. That's going to get you some Duke hate. Why he likes he's a Biotish guy? Yeah. I don't care about I'm not afraid of Duke. Well, it's you're a lot taller than Duke. I'm a lot taller than him. <laughs> That's right. I'm not afraid of Duke. Okay. I liked Biotish a lot coming out. I think he's fine. I'm intrigued by Linderbaum in that system. Linderbaum's the next uh Travis Frederick, Frederick there. Mm-hmm. In Dallas, potentially. All right. What are we doing? I'm, All right. I'm need lost. wise, you're right, though. Need wise, I don't because Biotish has been on the ascent. Center is less of a need. Terrence Steele, you could argue he's on the ascent. It's either left guard or right tackle. We've done the tackle thing before. I honestly think that's a coin flip. Like I don't right, give him the guard. I don't see how you can look at that and say Terrence Steele is so much better than Connor McGovern. Terrence Steele. Zion Johnson. Okay. Zion Johnson is going to start at left guard for the Cowboys. Their biggest need, and the Cowboys fans will love you. Need the guard. But you're going to get the other half of Cowboys fans that need a right that want a right tackle. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. Great thought experiment. Do the opposite of what we think the people have said most recently. All right, the Bills are up at 25. One of those loaded rosters. Really is. They're um, another team where you look at it and you're like, I, they don't. Do I have to reset the whole draft? I'm not no, going to reset, reset the whole, reset the whole draft. I'm not going to list the whole draft. We're doing a needs-based mock. It's not exactly what we would do. It's a little bit of a prediction. We're talking through everything. But we're doing this if teams were filling their biggest needs. Mm-hmm. And once again, I want to bring up the fact that if this was the way every team drafted, say our number 10 
player on the board, George Karloftis at edge, is still available. And Jordan Davis is still available at 25. Tyler Linderbaum, center. Trevor Penning. I mean, a lot of good players still available here. Uh, Jermaine Johnson, who, again, we're going to be a little bit lower on than a lot of the NFL. Bills at 25. It's probably guard again, right? Is it running back? Running back. For the Bills, it's, it's, it's right guard unless you believe in Ryan Bates as the starter. Bates is one of those guys, like, in small sample sizes. has He's got some of those, like, year three, four O-line breakout ability. They just matched an offer sheet that the uh, the Bears uh, Bears offered Bates, I believe it was, and the Bills bring him back. Yeah. So you think that he's he's your starter at right guard and you're fine? Look, I mean, I don't know if they think differently about Cody Ford than we do, but he has not played well by our numbers. Cody oh, wait, Ford. they – so they brought in Roger they have, Saffold as they have well, Saffold right? at left guard. Yes, yeah. I'm talking about the right guard. If you're talking guard, it's got to be the right guard position right. that we're looking at here. Because everywhere else, like even like tight end, I used to think was a potential need. Dawson Knox has been reasonable, but they even bring in O.J. Howard. Everywhere along the defensive line, they have depth. You could argue. CB2. You could argue nose tackle. You've got Daquan Jones who comes in. You have Ed Oliver on the defensive line. You've got Tim Settle. But like they've added players there, yeah, right? Settle. Um, cornerback two. And then corner two. Tredavious White, obviously number one. Uh, Dane Jackson. Yeah. It's gotta be. So to me, I've been saying I've been saying I really want C B two for the Bills late first for the last three years. Well, they you know, every year you bring in someone to take away Levi, Levi Wallace's, Wallace's job. job. Now Levi Wallace is taking his own job away to Pittsburgh. I should have drafted somebody to take away Wallace's job in Pittsburgh. Too. Right. So now they now you have to take his job away because his job left. His job's in Pittsburgh. So cornerback. So I, it's either corner or right guard. I would argue it's corner, and I'd go Kerry, uh, Elam. Yes, done. Sweet, easy. Florida corner. Elam's now, going to the Bills. Now we get to the great pick because no matter what you select for Tennessee, their fans think you screwed it up. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what Why don't position. we stay on brand and skip the Titans? Let's skip this pick. <laughs> Leave this one blank. Like legitimately. This is like the – the mock draft sim, I don't think it has the ability to do, you know, the you Vikings on it and just miss your pick. Um, we tried to we tried to remember this last year, but the 2003 draft where the Jet was at the the Vikings, the Vikings just missed their pick. They, they were at get it seven, in time. and in the time they took to draft, two people jumped them. Yeah, so the Jaguars literally sprinted to the podium. Yes, to hand in Minnesota's Byron Leftwich on the clock expired while they were trying to sort their pick. This was genius, though, because they got to... It wasn't genius. It just worked out They saved out well. a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, and they got Kevin Williams, right, at nine? Yes. Who went at eight? I, I can't remember. don't remember. I mean, that's a, it's a Google away. 2003 NFL draft. But the Jaguars sprinted to the podium to hand in Byron Leftwich. Whoever had eight sprinted to the podium. So I remember, it was good players the whole way. So, yeah, they were up. Didn't get their pick in. Two teams rushed up their pick. They Byron Leftwich for the Jags. Jordan Gross for the Carolina Panthers. Who's nice. one of the best left tackles of his generation. And then the Vikings get Kevin Williams. And then the Vikings get Kevin Williams. The next pick was Terrell Suggs. The next pick after that was Marcus Trufant. This was a good draft. That was a good group. Yeah, that was a good group. That was uh so the Titans are gonna do that, which is gonna expire. So what's the what's the Titans' biggest need? This is where Well, it depends. So because you tweeted out one of these the other day, right? Like yes. a needs based mock. So you just you're going off of that. They're they're one of those teams where the needs the needs as judged by player performance on the field does not match 
with the needs as judged by what the team and fan base thinks about certain players, right? So we have been giving them linebackers because none of their linebackers have played well, except the one exception to that is um, David Long, who's played pretty well in a small sample size with one year of playing time. I still like Zach Cunningham. And not even one year of playing time, like half a year, essentially. I still like Zach Cunningham. Okay, but at this point, it's not really based off his play. It's based off like what he once did a while ago. So I think the biggest needs, though, because David Questenberry did a really nice job at right tackle last year. It depends on what you think. Like Dylan Radon's who they drafted last year. Right, so that's another example, so right? So he's, he's slated to be the starting right tackle. Yes. He was, I mean... A guy who had, you know, was, uh, had sort of first-round potential, was gotten a little bit lower than that, and is now slated to start played tiny bit last year and didn't play well so what do you do with that is that a guy who you trust and is that a need or is that no right tackle's fine Dylan Radon's is playing um, guard left guard Jamarco Jones I, I don't know that that's a great thing either Jamarco Jones is one of those guys that I have on like my I would trade for him in year three right. or four list to see if he develops but not enough I, that I would also argue different. similar to linebacker that edge rusher is still a need I know you've got an absolute boatload of resources tied up in it because you just gave Bud Dupree the bag and then you gave Harold Landry all the money. Neither one of those guys is a high-end pass rusher right now. Well, how about they lose uh, Daquan Jones and nose tackle, pure nose tackle in Tennessee. This could, uh, this could open the path for Jordan Davis here because like interior defensive line as a whole, Danico Autry, Jeffrey Simmons – they're good. They've got some depth players, Tiger but actual nose tackle. I mean, sure. I don't know. That's their biggest need, though. In fact, I'm pretty sure it isn't. Where would you put it? I mean, I, it's, I don't think. I honestly don't think it's really. I could see linebacker. I, I don't think linebacker. I don't think David problem. Long and Zach Cunningham are. I think edge rusher is a problem. I think left guard. I think right tackle. They're not I drafting think, an edge rusher though. That's different. To is that a need? It's not. It is. Bud Dupree shouldn't be starting for anybody. He's a start. He's at least starting caliber. Based off what? Is he one of the best sixty-four edge defenders in the league? I, don't I think know that Bud he is. Dupree is. Is he worth whatever he's making? No. Have you seen Bud's grades ever? over the last three years? He's borderline top sixty-four. If it is, it's based entirely off that one year in 2019 where he had a 76 pass rushing grade. Sure. Every other year of his career, 49, 60, 60, 61, 61, 56. Those are bad grades. I'm not a Bud Dupree defender, but as far as is he a starter, like he's, he's on the cusp there. For a, guy that's had, caliber for a guy that's had as much opportunity as he has to have basically a baseline pass rushing rate of 61 is abysmal 61 last year last year would put you down where lorenzo carter and dante fowler are that's terrible edges you're not going to win the edge argument given the investment it's not their biggest need given the investment but that's different and they have two starters that's that's not the same conversation it is a little bit it isn't i would say it's offensive line because you have two questions at starter and you just have more options. I, I'm fine with Ray Dunn's either playing tackle or guard here. Jamarco Jones slated as a guard. Maybe not. You're fine with Ray Dunn's starting. Yeah, because I'm kind of going off of like, we don't have much evidence. Like last year at this time, if we were doing a mock draft and we were picking for the Titans at 26, there's probably a chance we gave them Ray Dunn's to start at right tackle. 
right? And not much has changed other than, like, we have a little bit of preseason evidence and some snaps last year where he wasn't great, but he played guard, played tackle, moved around. Not much has changed since that point, right? It's also, it's a good system, right tackle plays. They've been just churning out right tackles left and right. All right, so you want a guard. Yeah. So you want Kenyon Green. Yeah, so we're going to scroll down to Kenyon Green. Texas A&M. Yep, Texas A&M guard. Kenyon Green's going to the Titans to fill their biggest need, which is clear as day, which is guard. All right. Oh, man, now the there goes the Bucks guard. All right, the guards run. Guard, oh. Run on guards and then Tampa Bay's screwed. Tampa Bay's biggest needs left guard. For that sure. work out. Is it? Um, interior defensive line as well. Oh, not just interior. Have you seen the Reds rushers? All defensive Outside line. of Shaq? They just, you know, try on Shayinka. They drafted last by him and Shaq Barrett. They're the starters. You could go edge again if you're Tampa Bay. Um, left guard, uh, Nick Leverett is the, is the projected star. I mean, the biggest need is filling the starting left guard spot. Yes, I would agree. Um, the other thing you could argue is Rob Gronkowski's not there yet. Let's, are we going to assume that Gronk is going back? Yeah. Also, like Cameron Bray's fine. Okay. So left guard is absolutely their biggest need. Yeah. But with Indomitian Sue not necessarily signed yet, um, William Golston comes back. You could look at interior defensive line. You could look at the edge a little bit, I'd say. They bring in Logan Ryan to fill one of the safety spots to, with Mike Edwards, but they're they're pretty deep in the secondary. So, it's either guard. I mean, by the rules of the game, it's guard. Guard. <laughs> rules of the game. So where where are we for with the next guard? Dylan Parham. Oh, Memphis. 67 on he's the, gonna make uh, it into our first round here 67 huh? on the pff board by your rules you would just draft tyler linderbaum i was gonna raise that question i was actually gonna raise in the last for tennessee that can linderbaum play guard for a year what about trevor penning at guard can trevor penning play guard for a year Man, i mean you would just look at his six seven 321 pound frame and say no but we've got uh was it adam boone six six is adam boone Alex Boone. Alex Boone. Adam. Jeez, man. Look, there's been a lot of football players over the years. Right. Alex Boone was a six-six guard. Yeah. Also, I've came. I've come to this conclusion recently that like interior players are getting a hell of a lot taller than they used to be. Remember yeah. when the Vikings drafted uh, what was his name? Cook. Ryan Cook, who was a college tackle. Is that right? And they kicked him into center, and he was like a six-foot-seven center. And I was like, oh, that's insane. You can't possibly play a six-foot-seven center. It's madness. It's way too tall. And now, like, who was I? Somebody last year. Um, the chief center, whose name's escaped me right now. Creed. Creed Humphrey. Creed Humphrey. Huge. There's, I was trying to think of a pun from a Creed song that, that was like the. Sorry, I was reading something else. The name escaped me was going to. Anyway, Creed Humphrey is like 6'6. And I, didn't, I literally yeah. didn't know that until the They're other day where I was suddenly like, hang on, he's, a, he's an inch shorter than Ryan Cook, and nobody ever mentioned it. Creed's proven that uh, centers are getting higher. Yes, yes. So uh, the question I was going to ask for Tennessee is, you know, can Linderbaum play guard for a year and then potentially take over for Ben Jones down the line? It's a little bit trickier for Tampa Bay because he would have to be at guard for a while. Linderbaum's really not a fit for them anyway. I mean, like as much as I was shoehorning him into the Ravens and saying that you expand the run game and all that stuff, the Bucks are just going to run duo 95 straight times, <laughs> and that is not really Linderbaum's game. So in comes Dylan Parham. That's not really. I mean, we can put Penning. No, we can't. can't. You want Penning? Penning, you want to be your guard. Is 6'7 too big? I mean, not, if, not if Cree Humphrey at 6'6 six, six is cool. Let's go Penning, and then maybe he ends up becoming uh, 
a tackle replacement down the road for Donovan Smith. Okay, Trevor. Penning. Are we cheating too much here? No, I think we can shoehorn Penning in at guard. All right, cool. Trevor Penning is going to start at we left just, guard. We need to like write over the when we get the picture at the end. We just Brady's to, tall enough to see over six seven Penning. We need to cross it out and write guard where Penning is. Yeah, put guard in there. All right, Packers are up. Biggest need. Receiver two. Receiver three. So now we've given them George Pickens, and they have George Pickens, uh, Alan Lazard. Um, it's not. A, it's still. Still probably is a need. I'm a big fan of doubling up at receiver in general. They've still got, in theory, Randall Cobb, Amari Rogers, but yeah, they. I mean, even they still need one, right? I, I mean, Sky Moore is looking really good there. Sky Moore, you could argue that tight end is quite a bad need. Tunyon's come back. Deguara, I mean, Mercedes Rogers made Lewis Tunyon into a pretty decent player, though. Yeah, but sure. Like, I mean, but that, Mercedes Lewis coming back? He's yeah, back but that logic is there for everybody, right? Like Aaron Rodgers makes people. But Tunyon was like actually good most of the last two years before he got hurt. Uh, Edge was kind of a need before they re-signed Preston Smith. I yeah. think they're all. I think they're okay there. Uh, they've taken a slot corner, potentially. Sure. But uh, they, they do have three corners in Jay Alexander, Eric, Eric Stokes, Stokes, and Rasul Douglas. Yeah. Uh, how much do you trust their offensive line? You could look guard here, too. Royce Newman slated to start with Elkin Jenkins probably playing on the outside. You could get a tackle and kick Jenkins back inside. I mean, there's some flexibility there along the O-line. Yeah. But I do think with how much production Devontae Adams has taken with him, the biggest need yes. is finding a wide receiver. And I would argue that it's not that the Packers need two wide receivers, that they, but they need one yeah. to pan out. And well, if you they draft need, two to find one... Not just one, but they need the one to replace the sum of the best wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm viewing this from, like, you might get two receivers out of this, but also I'm drafting two to get one at yeah. least. If right. on the Packers. Sky it's Moore? that important. I'd go Sky Moore here, yeah. So there we go. Western Michigan receiver. I also have speed, like speed quicks. He's gonna get open. Yeah. For, I have, uh, Aaron Rodgers. I have a massive degree of confidence in Sky Moore's floor. Like I think he will unquestionably be a good wide receiver. So that NFL. makes a good mix. Because the Packers at twenty two, we gave him George Pickens. Yeah. So we gave him the high ceiling guy. We don't know what the floor is gonna be. We gave him a high floor guy hmm. in uh in Sky Moore. Floor guys, they make Good decision makers in general hmm. around businesses. That's what we do here. That's a deep cut. Yeah, it is. Chiefs are up for back-to-back picks. 29 and 30. Biggest needs for the Chiefs. Got to be wide receiver and defensive line, right? Yes. I would argue that edge rusher is their single biggest need right I now. agree. This Even. will be easy because the number 10 player on our board is George Karloftis. Perfect. From Purdue. Dumb. So biggest need is edge defender for the Chiefs. Karloft is over Jermaine Johnson. Oh, man. I mean, they would take Jermaine Johnson, I think. Okay. Don't you think? But here's the thing. I just clicked the button for George Karloftis. Let's go Karloftis. Car- <laughs> I would go Karloftis. This is where we're going to – I agree, though. I think – We're going to go with our higher-graded player, higher-rated player. People take Jermaine Johnson over Karloftis. People are going to be very upset when they don't see Jermaine Johnson in the first round here, but – It might still happen. He might uh, – we'll see. Do you go another edge? No, so what about corner? For the Chiefs, though, Rashad Fenton's been been really solid, but they're taking a shot on DeAndre Baker, yeah, former first round pick. Legarius Sneed has pretty much been their slot corner, so outside corner is a question mark here. 
It is. Um, we have. I know the mock draft sim has uh, Jalen Petre as a corner. He's really a safety. Right. Coming out of Baylor. You could argue the same thing about Daxton Hill. What about safety as well? Did they bring in Justin Reed and Juan Thornhill. Do you want a third safety because they've been playing those type of sets? I'd Not say a perfect cornerback two is a bigger need than that. At which point you're going down to T-Rex Arms, Roger McCreary, or Kyla Gordon. <clears throat> well, it's it's corner two, or is it is it receiver? Because how do they want? Are they comfortable with Valdez Scantling, Juju Smith-Schuster, Miko Hardman? I don't know if you're comfortable with it, but I think it's a bigger need to say DeAndre Baker might be starting. Yeah. I mean, you can also reinvest in the offensive line here. You can go right tackle over Lucas Niang. Just keep throwing resources at the old line. That's what's going to – You really want to keep keep picking at that. I got a DM from somebody that said, can you at least admit that the Chiefs made their offensive line better? I said, absolutely. Their offensive line is much better. Really good. Not the argument I've been making the last, like, ten shows here. No. I mean, the argument you've been making is terrible. But... No, it's a good argument. The goal – is to win as many games as possible, not to just have a good offensive line. Uh-huh. All right, so we're cornerback go corner. or wide receiver. I think it's cornerback is a bigger need. We don't. I mean, Daxton Hill's another guy that's kind of listed as a corner. He's an inside-outside hybrid, yeah, even already, a safety type of player. Already said that. But, uh, you did. Sorry. Go nuts. McCreary versus Gordon. Oh, McCreary. You, yeah, I missed that part. Uh-huh. Oh, I'm Team McCreary. Yeah. Roger McCreary. Let's go. Corner. Kansas City Chiefs done their need. Let's go McCreary. He's 54 on the board, but Renner's a hater. Here we go. Thanks, Mike. Good work keeping up here, man. Your Bengals are on the clock. Do you want to Just chime say, in? We get Mike's take. Where do you need? Yeah. Where do the Bengals need, Mike? What are the biggest needs here for the Bengals? Corner. Corner. Mike says corner. Corner and left guard. So you're not a uh, not sticking with Jackson Carmen here, huh? Not going Jackson Carmen at left tire, uh, left guard. And not an Eli Apple fan. Hmm. Don't you love how Eli took to uh, took to social media to defend our city here? Yes, Annie. She's been outspoken. Yeah, she's been, you know, a public figure since uh, Eli since went like, in the first round. Yeah, since like day one. She yeah. was when she was it. What was it? What first catapulted her onto the into this public sphere? Was it some sort of food related thing when he was drafted? Oh, I, I seem to think it was, so I can't I remember. I forget, man. Yeah, Annie Apple, legend. I, I tend to agree, though. That I think corner is the biggest need. So corner being the biggest need. They've got Chidabe Awuzier, who they invested in, Eli Apple, who they bring back, Mike Hilton playing the slot, but another outside corner. So that puts us back to the Roger McCreary's gone. Kyler Gordon is the next yep. pure corner on the board. This isn't going as well as the last time I did it. This is the back end of the first round. Has a lot of second-round caliber players. Yeah, hasn't fallen as kindly for some teams as it did when I did it last time. I mean, the argument that you were making for, say, the Titans about how edge is a need because they have starters that don't play all that well, you could – do you make the argument for the Bengals? Lower-graded guys for us, but they've invested a lot of resources at linebacker the last couple of years. I'm trying to shoehorn Nicole Dean in here. I think you could make that argument. The, the problem is they have at least one good linebacker, I think. Yeah. Uh, they don't really have – any good corners that you can trust long term. The I other interesting one, I, I mean, I, I want to listen to uh, our Bengal super fan who's running the show here today, Mike. What about tight end? I know they brought in Hayden Hurst and Drew Samples, their run blocker, but a nice pass catching tight end to replace Uzama potentially. We could, we could get a tight end in the first round here. We could. Trey McBride. People, people hate that. People <laughs> really hate that. Now, let's go with our. 
I, I like your initial instinct though was guard and corner. I think corner is the biggest need. I think you can definitely argue that like you could upgrade over Jermaine Pratt pretty comfortably at linebacker. Um, but I think Logan Wilson is a pretty good player, so I don't know if you can call that the biggest need. Next pure corner on the board is Kyler Gordon from Washington. I think that makes sense. All right. Let's do that one. We're going Kyler Gordon, number 60 on the board. We're shoehorning some corners in here, and it puts the Lions back up on the board. Mm-hmm. Way back when, they already grabbed Malik Willis yep. at number two to fill that biggest need at QB. What's their next biggest need? I mean, once you fill quarterback for Detroit, it's receiver they, or corner, right? Yeah, like they still end up, but they also still end up having quite a lot of needs. I mean, this is not a team that's fixed everything. I think, yeah, wide receiver, they need that number one guy, right? You've got Amon Rasent Brown, you've taken, you've rolled the dice on DJ Chark, which I like. Um, that receiving core as a whole could be pretty useful, but you do need that number one guy. And then corner, Akuda hasn't worked out yet, if at all. Um, Owarie has been okay. Melifanu hasn't shown enough yet. Um, they've, they've grabbed Mike Hughes, you know, former first-round guy. But, yeah, there's nobody there that you're saying. Everywhere on the depth, like the receiver class, uh, chart, depth chart, you could actually look at with DJ Chark, Josh Reynolds, Amonra St. Brown and say, yeah, it's not, it's not horrendous. But they're also all, like, Chark's in there for one year. Yeah. You know, it's not... The Lions, but they're the a bit, future there. They're another one of those teams where you can, I think you can hit a lot of spots. Yeah. Like, they're two inside linebackers right now. Jared Davis, who they brought back, former first-round bust for them, and Alex Anzalone, who they brought back. Those guys have grades in the 30s. Yeah. Not good linebackers. I mean, if we're going by actual biggest need, you can say that there's at least starting caliber players in the secondary starting caliber players at receiver right now you could I, argue the linebacker i think we can hedge enough and give them the kobe dean just because right. just because it's such a glaring value at this point number 18 on the draft board is nicobe dean he's going to go to the detroit lions at 32 mm-hmm. and there it is first round mock so you wanted to run through teams that don't have a first round pick quickly and just analyze where their biggest need is we got, do we want to do that why yeah. not just mention them quickly chicago picks 39 wide receiver we're and not o- going to give them the picks but and like, o-line yeah uh who else we got coming up indianapolis 42 i mean they're another receiver corner as well is a pretty big need for them receiver and corner maybe for the colts yep cleveland 44 i think it's it's defensive line i mean it's the uh, it's really edge defender opposite miles garrett it depends on if Jadavian Clowney comes in like yeah. both places that the Browns have Mari needs. Cooper gives them some flexibility at receiver. And there's already talk about – so there's talk about Jarvis Landry still coming back. There's talk about Jadavian Clowney still coming back. Those are both major needs, receiver and D-line uh-huh. in general. Uh, San Francisco, 61 is the first time they come up. I haven't thought much about the Niners here. I think they need interior – They need starters on offensive the line. O-line, yeah. They've they got to replace Lake and Tomlinson. Yeah. I think they could also use a corner still. Uh, they always seem to need corners, and they – get by sure but at some point that becomes a problem yeah denver first come up at 64 i don't know where they have needs here are they uh right tackle i believe gonna pull up their depth chart really quick starting right tackles billy turner just signed him like they're look at their offense sam it's green everywhere everyone graded solid last year i think uh they've signed randy gregory for their edge defender issue maybe starting safety next to Justin Simmons. Caden's, unless you, you trust Caden Stearns there. 
that could be a good place to grab a safety at 64, their first need, okay. uh, their first their first pick. And we listed, I mean, corner, it's Patrick Sertan, Ronald Darby, Kewan Williams. They look pretty good there. Uh, I'd say safety for the Broncos. Miami Dolphins, I haven't checked where they first come up. They're closer to the hundreds. I yeah, believe, well, the right? teams, so the teams remaining are the ones that I – I had a two-round mock draft as default, so I haven't scrolled far enough to be able to get. Oh, I'm into round three. Where are the Dolphins? So here? Miami and the next team up. Uh, Dolphins don't pick till 102. Does okay. that sound right? And then the Raiders are in the hundreds as well. Right, Raiders and then the Rams. Right, are the only other team. <sighs> Biggest need for the Dolphins? Did they fill? I mean, Michael Dieter at center. It's probably center for the Dolphins. Sure. I mean, it's still the offensive line. Like, period. More offensive line because we don't know what they're going to do with Austin Jackson. You could get a starting center. I mean, a, a center or a guard. Yep. For the Dolphins, what about the Raiders? And I think Rams? they need offensive line as well. Right side of the offensive line for the Raiders. You're already going to give up on uh, Alex Leatherwood. Alex Leatherwood was a catastrophe at right tackle and a slightly smaller catastrophe at right guard. At the very minimum, you can't be relying on him going forward. And the Los Angeles Rams. Hmm. I would say corner just for uh, – Robert Rochelle's there, David Long's there. Both guys have potential, but yeah. I would just say corner for just taking another shot at a potential starter opposite Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, I think that's probably true. I also wouldn't hate them trying to re-attack – trying to chip back away at that offensive line. Like, they've kept players. They've allowed Austin Corbett to walk. They just – it's – and when you kind of looked, the Rams' offensive line the last few years had that feel of sometimes when teams take a bunch of players that are like marginal starters, and you're like, yeah, there's a world where those guys all pan out and you have a good line. That happened for them, but that always feels a little bit more fragile than players, yeah. than like lines that have a bunch of very good players on them. A few years ago, they drafted either within, I think within two drafts, right? David Edwards, Brian Allen, Bobby Evans. Uh, Edwards and Allen have pretty much panned out. Evans right now slated to probably be their starting right guard. Hasn't been great. So another, another round of mid-round offensive linemen to see if you could steal another two starters mm-hmm. could be a nice, a nice strategy there for the Rams with all their mid-round picks. Yep. Well, look at that. That was a good mock. Uh, we're going we're gonna to get a graphic and, uh, and tweet this thing out, huh? Yeah. And then we'll cross out guard or cross out tackle. And for Trevor Penning. Guard for Trevor Penning. Oh, the people are going to be upset. We did this very specifically. We did this very specifically. We're just filling needs. And again, my favorite part about the mock draft is just the, uh, the discourse, Sam. The discussion back and forth. What teams might do, what they could do, what they should do. Um, don't forget, by the way, NFL Pod, 25% off any PFF subscription over at the site right now. NFL Pod, you get 25% off. That's where the draft guide all comes in get it right now the update's going to come back come up uh, next week on april 11th so you get 25 percent off you can contact us also through email nfl podcast at g uh, pff.com nfl podcast yes. at pff.com not, not gmail. gmail we're past the two-hour mark i'm starting to lose it mm. so uh that's great i think the player comp show is going to be coming up late next week i think we got the people lined up okay. to be able to record that and do the player comp show and we're going to do some wide receiver rankings this week we'll do the mailbag and everything on Wednesday. So, anything else you got here? No, we've done it. It's all good. Right. It's good work. Well, as always, it was just needs. All right, don't kill us for the mock draft. It was a needs-based mock as a thought exercise. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. We'll be back on Wednesday.